everyone and welcome to Movie Flex Double Features, the podcast for people who watch Criterion movies on their phone while on the elliptical. I'm one of your hosts, Estebs, joined as always every week by your better host, Matt, aka the pro- Posting Pro. Matt, how's it going? Dude, it's going good. Uh, I don't know about better hosts, but uh, the the uh, watching less movie- alienating. What? <laughs> I said less alienating host. <laughs> No, definitely the more alienating host. I I, uh, I have to say that. But yeah, the uh, I don't necessarily uh, watch Criterion movies while on the elliptical, but I do um, I do decide to get into heated debates in the group chat on the elliptical sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, it's like partly inspired by you know. Uh, I wanted to make it more podcast specific though, but I was thinking about that. I was like, you know. Like, but if you're a guy who does that, this is definitely the podcast that you should listen to. Uh, Let me just tell you guys now, um, put on some music, you know, listen to, listen to our podcast, uh, watch the TV show, watch a movie, but for the love of God, don't try and kill yourself on the elliptical while trying to argue with me. Like you're not going to, you're not going to uh, get your point across and it's just going to make you work harder on the elliptical. So yeah, don't get in Twitter arguments at the gym. That's just like a terrible uh, thing to do in general. (laughs) Uh, not good. This week, though, this week, though, uh, it's my picks. I've got the Verhoeven double feature. Uh, I'm really stoked to get into these movies. I think we have, we're going to have a lot to say about them. I'm really excited to hear how you felt about, uh, Total Recall. Uh, what a movie. Jeez. Uh, but before that, you know, it's just the two of us, you know. We can make it if we try. No guests, right? Just me and you. So I think we have a little t- bit of time. We can do a little ranting, talking just up front about whatever it is that, that's on our minds. I know you uh, have been thinking about Elevated Horror recently. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we usually talk about, like, what movies we'd seen outside of the pod. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I, I've actually been watching a lot of movies recently. Um but but I wanted to kind of like, you know, start like just talk about a movie that I saw um, a couple days ago, which is uh, it's on HBO Max. It's called The Empty Man. Um, friend of the pod and future guest, vice apologist. Uh, he recommended The Empty Man. He put it on his like top list of 2020 movies, like pretty high up. And he was yeah. just like, he gave it five stars. And, you know, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just knew I have HBO Max and it's on HBO Max. So mm. I watched it and boy, like Al Pacino said, what a picture. You know, it was yeah. It's a great horror movie. It's it's it was incredible. It's um uh, I showed everybody my review on Letterboxd and I said it's a horror movie that dares to ask the question, what if a movie was spooky or unhinged? An elevated horror flick where the elevation isn't some dumb metaphor, but it's that the movie rules. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I think somebody told me that it, that movie was really similar to like, uh, in plot wise to like Hereditary. Like it's, or maybe it's Hereditary. Maybe it's something else. But uh, no, no, it's or no, it's Twin Peaks. Or something like that. Somebody, somebody compared uh, Empty Man to something because it was featured in an RLM video. Um, I think last year they they recommended it, and then I asked somebody about it, and then they compared it to another movie. Um, oh. yeah, and I I had put it on my list, but I, I never got around to it. Uh. But yeah, we're well, talking about elevated horror because, like, I, you know, we're talking a little bit about before the pod, just about like movies and like I, we're going to talk about this uh, with like RoboCop, so it's like very relevant to today's discussion. But like, uh, 
I, I like I've been thinking of this question and I think it relates to what you're going to talk about. But like, um, like are movies fun anymore? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um... So, like <laughs> her, her discussion um, last week, right. With the Suspiria, mm -hmm. uh, the original and the remake, um, we kind of delved into a movie that I think is like the antithesis of the empty man. Right. Um, which is Men, right? It's Alex, Gar Alex oh, Garland's yeah, yeah. Men. Um, and I know you haven't seen Men, so I'll, I'll you know... I'm definitely not going to uh, see it after, like, how badly everyone's trashed it. And, you know, it sounds... Yeah, well, like, again, I think... it, like, there, there have been a lot of movies like this where, like, where, like, oh, you never saw X movie? And I'm like, <clears throat> oh, yeah, no, I didn't because everyone told me it sucked. And, like, I'm somebody that if you if enough people tell me something sucks, I'm not going to see it. Like, for all the advertisers or, like, marketers out there, like, word of mouth is, like, the strongest thing, at least personally. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if, if enough people say, if certain people say something's, like, not good or it's kind of mid, like, it's just, I'm probably, even if I, I'm just not going to like the movie, probably, just because, like, you know, um, I mean, not not always, but, you know, I'm, I, I will listen to you if you tell me something sucks. Yeah, and, and I think, like, you know, I, I saw that and I told you afterwards, um, you know, not to see it, and it sucks. And yeah. I remember, you know, talking to you almost after, after I got out of the theater to see it a while ago. Um, but, like, the reason why I, I say, like, The Empty Man is, like, the antithesis of, of men, right, is because men is a, is a quote-unquote, like, elevated horror movie that be, like, you... You figure out the entire again, movies aren't something to be figured out, but like everything the movie is saying to you mm. is presented at the beginning, and it's very poorly presented in the way of like it's it's a meta like the entire movie is just a metaphor, right? Yeah, and it's not an interesting metaphor. It's yeah, what all, all story, like all good stories are metaphor. They're all they're analogous, you know. They're like right, analogous like, for the human <laughs> experience in some way. Like some lesson or aspect of human experience is like they all have they all have themes. Yeah, like it's yeah. different than having a theme. Like being a metaphor, like being a movie that's a metaphor is I'm saying is different than like having a theme. You know, it's or, like, or like like um like we we talked about this a little bit too. It's like it's the difference between like uh being obvious about it and being subtle because with themes and metaphors which kind of go hand in hand like um like the most important thing is that you're not obvious about it because if people can tell what you're saying and if you're like overly like you know upfront with your message and you like explain over explain stuff then people are going to think it's corny basically like which right men, men. Men, is, men is the the equivalent of um it's the equivalent of getting yelled at right like it's a movie yeah. that's telling you exactly what it's wanting to tell you over and over and over and over again, beating you over the head with a, with a, a bludgeon. Right. And it's, it's not visually interesting or thematically interesting enough to warrant the runtime in theaters. Right. Like if there's no spooks, there's, there's hardly any scares, you know, like it's not, it's not a good time. Right. It's, it's the yeah. theme itself is, is grading and, and the, the, the way it's telling the theme is, is even more grading. So like, you know, that's what I'm saying is like, the empty man has something to say, but it's not necessarily like beating you over the head with it. And it's like w the most important thing that's telling you, it's like, what if a spooky guy was chasing you and shit, you know? Like, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You know, it's a fun, it's a fun movie. Like there's, there's like the vibes are like fucked, which is like good, you know, like in this context. Um, I want to, I want to correct myself. Uh, the move there, uh, when I asked 
it was, I think it's somebody from the group chat. I asked them if I should watch the Empty Man, and they said it was basically True Detective season one. Um, like, because there's like a cult, right? Something I haven't seen it. Like I said, that's just what I heard. I'm just passing along word. Um, I don't want to delve too deep into it. Um, I don't know if I'd compare it to True Detective season one. Uh, I just finished that actually, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, it could be. I mean, yeah, you could compare it. There's there's kind of similarities there, but it's more or less like. You know, you get that crazy opener, and it's like 20 minutes before the title card drops and another card drops. It's, it's, it's ostensibly about a guy who's, like, trying to find someone. And there's, like, a rash of suicide, like, a, like, a, like a, 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 a whole bunch of suicides that are happening in this, like, town. And there's, a, there's an urban legend surrounding these suicides, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, the reason they, they committed the suicides. And, like... Um, you know, there are some kind of culty, you know, religious elements too, but, but that's all, that's all I'm going to say about the indie man. It's, 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 it's a great movie. Um, and like I said, it's the antithesis of men, right? Like it's, it's a fun movie first before it's a preachy, you know, yeah. beats you over the head with the, the moral of the story story. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like I said, I mean, we were talking about the eighties and I think like, one of the good things they did back then was they were able to, like, and not so subtle. Like, there's definitely, I mean, you can go back all the way to, like, beginning of movies. And there, there's, like, especially horror films. There are films that are, like, very overt with their message. And it's, like, uh, you know, something like um, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you know, coming out during the Cold War. It's, like, okay, that's very obvious what that's about, you know. And, like, we watch it now, and, you know, it seems corny because it's so obvious, you know. And I think that's when people say like a movie's corny or like cheesy, I think that's really what they're like. They, even though if they don't know it or they can't recognize it, I think subconsciously that's what they're like trying to say is that this movie is being too obvious. You know, it's not like, you know, like I feel like the best kind of movie is like, like one where like you feel good, but like, you're not sure what it was about. Like it takes you a while, you know. Like you shouldn't know what a movie's about until like the second or third time you see it, you know. And if you could watch a movie one time and say everything it's about, it's then it's probably stupid. And I think, like, like well, also like, like movies, you, you, movies are about like different things, right? Like they can be about like a couple of different things, and like I, I think that's the biggest problem that people had with men is it's not about it. Like the the moral of the story of men is men are bad. Like men are bad and scary. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like that's the. Well, it's also very stupid. It's also very stupid, simplistic. Like, like you know, it's not you're like you're not supposed to even make like a moral like. You're supposed to leave it open ended, right? Like if if you're gonna make a movie about men are bad, you have to you have to equally in the movie argue that men are good, right? And like again, I haven't seen men, but it just sounds like they don't do that, right? No, they. I'm, I mean, they don't do anything. Like the thing is, like the the movie itself is like it's trying to be visual. You know, it's yeah. trying to be like, oh, look at this. But like, it's it doesn't work really. Like the you know, um, what's his name? He's from uh, the actor. Uh, he's he's the only actor besides. Um, yeah, what's he from? I. I... He's from. He's in a uh, uh, Penny Dreadful. He's in okay. that one episode of uh, Black Mirror. Um, um, I don't know his name. Uh, Rory Kinnear. Okay. Yeah. So Rory Kinnear is like plays all the men in this town that she visit that um, Jesse Buckley's character visits. You know. Um, 
So there's like a statement there too, but like it doesn't really work because he's like, they're like they like CG. You know, I think someone I don't remember who said it, but like an actual like critic said it works better in like a stage play. You know, where yeah. like there's like that suspension of disbelief of like seeing people on stage kind of playing all the characters. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of like buy into it a little more, but like when you film it, it doesn't really work that well because they're not like completely different people it's like he, they cgi like him as a kid and, and him as a police officer and him as a guy in the pub and the bartender and he's he's like a priest and he's everybody in the town you know um, like in the george lopez show and they used to make like george lopez they used to show go, go to like flashbacks to george as a kid and he would be like a little kid with george lopez's giant head <laughs> on his body I have no clue. Sure. Oh uh, yeah. Oh no. Don't worry, dude. I I know that that's probably not a point of reference for you, but all the George Lopez heads that are listening right now are dying because they know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, they used to do this thing where they would like flashback to George's childhood, and it would be like the body of a child, but they would get George's head and put it on the child. But they wouldn't just put it like normal; they would put it like giant looking. <laughs> and uh, that's just what I think of when you talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> it's a. Uh... It's bad. So, but yeah, that, yeah. That, that was my rant. Well, the whole thing, the whole reason I ranted is because, like, like we said about elevated horror, right? It's like it's so boring now. Like, it's because it's men was legitimately, and I said this to you when I first got out of the theater. Men was a parody of like it's like an SN like a bad parody of like a A twenty four horror movie, right? Like that idea yeah, of well, like you know, this indie elevated horror, like, you know, it's got to talk about trauma, right, in a certain way, and it's mm. it's not interesting, you know? So, like, I don't know. There's, it's horror now, like, that's coming out commercially, even, like, the, like the indie stuff is just not fun, so. Yeah, m movies are, like, I, they're either, like, stupid or they're, like, pretending to be smart, but they're still stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I said, uh, like, it, it, like argue, thematic arguments are getting less complex it seems and like i said it, it feels like like i said i haven't seen men but it feels like the reason why the, the thematic argument lacks credi credibility is because they don't e like you have to like equally argue the other side right so that way the whole film is like an equal back and forth between both sides it isn't until the climax that you truly reveal that's why i say if you want to know what a movie is really about just go to the climax you know and see like what happens and like you know whatever like that'll tell you like what the message of the story is but like i said messages nowadays lack credibility they like because they don't want to equally argue the other side they don't like i said they're very stupid um but they like hollywood is like intent on like beating you over the head with what a movie's about um to the point of like exhaustion you know and not letting you like kind of make up your own mind uh and like I said, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to like get a movie in one sitting, you know. Like it, it a good movie, it takes you at least twice to know what's it, really going on. It should like if you watch a horror movie, it should be like enjoyable, you know. It shouldn't be like it shouldn't be like a slog to get through. And then the takeaway was men is men are bad. <laughs> like, and, and, well, the the whole thing about horror is that it's fun and that it's like primal and that it like um that it like stimulates this like um like stressed part of you like you know like uh stimulates catharsis you know uh <clears throat> and yeah it seems like with the new movies you're not getting any of that like it's like all tension and it's all dark and it's all just like it's like exhausting you know with a lot of these like new horror movies they're just like 
like you said, it's just feel, it feels like a lesson, you know. It's like, all right, I gotta sit sit here and take my medicine, you know, eat my vegetables, watch my horror movies, and learn how to be a better person, you know. Yeah, yeah. This horror movie with Jesse Buckley, directed by Alex Gar, direct, written and directed by Alex Garland, is gonna, um, you know, teach me a, a thing. Like, you know, sit sit down and and uh, walk away from the the movie like awestruck by the lesson that yeah, men can be shitty. Like, okay, wow. Cool. Did you? Did- did you guys know that? Did you guys are you hearing this? Are you guys hearing this for the first time? Yeah, like, I, I didn't and that's know that. also like I'm sorry. That's just very like cucked and like very like. Um... It's a pick me. It's a pick me movie. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's very much like Alex Garland. Like I'm the good ones, you know. It's like okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of the good ones. Um, like, like, like it's not daring. You know, it's not like uh controvert. It's not oh wow, bold statement. Men are bad. You know, like wow. Okay. Pats yourself on the back, dude. That's real brave of you, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, well, you're telling me that this girl views, this woman views, like, after her traumatic experience, all men are the same, right? Wow, that's that's crazy, man. Like, she had a bad relationship, and, and she sees yeah. them all as Rory Kinnear. Awesome, man. Like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right. I didn't just sit through two and a half hours of this bullshit. Yeah. Well... Anyway, what about you? <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Um, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Now I'm just I'm not mad, you know. Uh, <laughs> after our conversation, no. Um, I started a job this week. It's cool. It's very rewarding. I love it. It is a lot of hours though, so I have been very like um, tired out of it. Haven't gotten around to watching as much stuff as I wish I could have. Like. Um, it's weird though because it does make the f- weekend way more special right like you have this feeling on friday of just like oh everything's over you have this freedom and i did like pile up i had all these movies that i was gonna watch and um watch some of them like i don't know there's some good stuff on shutter there's a movie called uncle sam from the 90s you know like very like you, like shutter has still has they have a lot of the old stuff so if you're looking for something fun i mentioned to you that they put a bunch of carpenter um stuff up this month um yeah, is it is there a reason why they put a bunch of Carpenter up? Like, do they have? Like I just a... know, like after July first, they just put them up. Um, what they put up? Something to do with America. They have the one, the ones I remember. They have Escape from New York. Um, on Shutter. Was, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's Escape from New York. And did I say Prince of Darkness? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. You told me Prince of Darkness. <laughs> and then yeah, there's a couple of other ones, but yeah, I I think maybe it just is like. Celebrating the greatest American horror filmmaker, maybe. Yeah, I mean, July, you guys, like, if if anyone knows uh, me at all, uh, I don't think I've actually said this on the podcast, but like, if you know me on Twitter, like, whatever, like, Carpenter's my guy. Like, he's my guy, guy. You know, like, I fucking love Carpenter. Um, yeah, he's the greatest American horror guy. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend. You know, I. I I have my Carpenter list of like my favorite movies of his. And I said it to you. I, I said like his top seven are all like five star movies for me, which is insane. You know, I I've think seen, like, I, like I've, I've seen most, like I've seen all the big ones. I just haven't gotten into the deep cuts. Yeah. Like Prince of Darkness is very fun. I always joke like, yeah. you know, that that's another, that's a banger, right? Like it's, it's definitely like a four star movie, you know, mm-hmm. four and a half star movie for me. Um, but like, uh, Prince of Darkness is a 
it's it's the best movie about goop from the standpoint of goop i i, I uh i really like it a lot so it's very it's very underrated very underwatched it's very it's a uh, because it's sandwiched in between like it's during his like like you know legendary run up in the 80s so mm. yeah and um yeah no he's the man he does all the music every interview of him is him just being cool and we told the story of him like he went he went there was like this big annual dinner that all the horror directors do and he went and Cronenberg was being a dick and so he just left and like fuck these guys um, yeah he he like he's so funny he's, cause he, he's, like, he's us he's us if we were famous bro for sure he he hates yeah. like he loves he loves movies like making movies but he also hates making movies he just like wants to be left yeah. alone and, like sit at home and like watch the nba and play xbox and you know he's great dude he he, he, like only plays triple a games too it's amazing yeah if if you don't hate movies then you then you don't love them because if you don't hate movies that means you've never been involved in like a making of one or you like because you have to you you, if if you've really been involved in it you kind of hate it as well right you kind of have it's a love hate right so it's it's like both at the same time it's the abject Um, he has a he has a great story about so he 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 went on the and I've, I've probably said this this uh, the story on the podcast before, but he he went to do um, <clears throat> to to do I think it was vampires right um, a later period carpenter and he like he was thinking about retiring then and he keeps like you know bouncing back and like not mm-hmm. retiring and retiring and not retiring because he 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 says like it's almost magical like when you sit on like as a director you know yeah. first day you're like damn, this is, this is why I love making movies. Making movies rules. He's like, and by the end, you're like, this is such a piece of shit process. I hate yeah. this. Why did I do this? You know? Yeah, he's exactly. Like, like, he's like, I edited it. It's a piece of shit. I put it out. People like it or they don't. Fuck you, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, so, true, true, true film lovers will be, like, honest about their hatred of the process and especially of the industry, you know? Yeah, he uh, he talked about Ghosts of Mars, right? He thought Ghosts of Mars was his, it's his next movie. But uh, he talks about Ghosts of Mars and how like how much of a piece of shit that movie was, and like how he 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 like and, and like there's stories on set, right? Um, uh, about Ghosts of Mars, like Natasha Henstridge is the main uh, girl in Ice Cubes in that movie, and and they kind of talk about how he like he was like leave set early he'd be like hold on guys we gotta stop shooting for the day and they're like why he's like a basketball game's on i gotta go home <laughs> <laughs> yeah because so, yeah. he was so, like over it and he um yeah it's a, it's a he's a great director though um highly recommend uh going on shutter if you have it and then watching those and if you don't like seek out his movies elsewhere like he's got like i said he's got some bangers like almost mm-hmm. all of his movies are bangers it's until that late period carpenter and then like yeah 90s and then memoirs um right which is like yeah you get like ghosts of mars like village of the dam memoirs of the invisible man the ward like those those movies aren't that good but like the rest of his movies are just like legendary oh uh, yeah no heart of darkness the, or the one with um sam neill that one's really good yeah it's it's uh it's incredible starman starman underrated in the mouth of madness is just incredible yeah uh yeah and then i want to talk i think i briefly mentioned this when i watched it a few weeks ago but um i saw this it was i think it was my first todd salon's movie um it's uh it's called happiness with uh stars like a lot of like indie people oh um, yeah we talked about this 
Yeah, yeah, and um, it's just a fucked up movie. I've been, I, I literally had to watch it on a movie called Fucked Up, Effed Up Movies dot com or something like that. Uh, because like it's not, you can't find it like anywhere legally. It's streaming, and of course, you, you spend like hundred dollars for the DVD, and it's like. It has like a you know it's it's like an indie nineties movie and it's like very straightforward but it's there's like a pedophile but they don't like they just film him like it's any like nineties <laughs> like it's so it's so weird and fucked up and um you know obviously it's about a bunch of people for trying to find happiness and uh like not being able to do it and uh it, it's it, like I wouldn't say it's like a sympathetic portrayal certainly but it's not like. Like, it's not like a horror movie, you know? It's just, like, kind of like this weird indie drama, like, family drama. Um, yeah, and it really stressed me out. Um, I, wa- I had to, like, finish... Ha- I-, I couldn't finish it all at the same time. It was very, like... Uh, it's a very fucked up movie, but, yeah, if you want to go to fdubmovies.com or whatever and watch it. Uh, yeah, that's just the only thing that stood out for me from my past viewing history. Um, but, yeah, anything else? Anything else you want to rant about or anything you want to recommend i know because i know you've seen a lot of stuff you went to see last crusade today in theaters yeah so last crusade in theaters um watched lost highway the restoration yesterday it was great Uh, it was a lot better like i think lynch is a a, is a filmmaker that you know i always talk about because uh how we we kind of uh dispute and prove Pauline Kael's notion of only seeing a movie once right she was famous Mm -hmm. for infamous i guess for um, only watching movies once. She said she never rewatched a movie. And uh, she's like, yeah, once is all you need. But uh, I, I, you know, I disagree. I think, like, I hated Lost Highway when I first saw it. Um, <laughs> she's not a filmmaker, all right? I'll just say that. Like, not to, like, like, pick a fight with a dead person, but, like, I think it was, it was an interview with the Safties, and they were talking about somebody else who told them that. I think they were like, or they, I think it might have been. There was an episode of the A twenty four pod uh, where the Safties and Paul Thomas Anderson interviewed each other, and basically, uh-huh. I, I heard them say that that another director told them that, like, in order to really get a movie, you have to watch it multiple times, and that just seems kind of like an obvious thing. But like, you know, especially if you're trying to like make movies, yeah, of course you're gonna have to watch them over and over to like. Well, I, I think too, like Lynch is a Lynch is particularly a filmmaker that you have to watch multiple times, like of everything, right? Like I, I think I, I didn't get the appreciation of um I didn't get the appreciation of Lynch until I, I rewatched a lot of his movies. And Lost Highway is definitely one. Like I, I saw it in a theater. It was a beautiful restoration. Um yeah. Lynch Lynch appeared, you know, he like had a, a little video that played before the the movie and, and uh it was funny and and yeah, it was a great, it was a great movie. It's a, it's a fantastic movie that I didn't like the first time I saw it. You know, I saw it in like pretty bad quality. It was a bad rip and uh, it negatively impacted my experience. But, but, you know, seeing it on screen with a friend of the pod, uh, Burger Enjoyer was a, was a great experience, you know? So, so, so how they recommend that. I've been watching um, the Before Trilogy. So yeah, yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah, before sun sunrise, before sunset. I haven't seen before midnight yet. I was saving it. I needed a little bit of a emotional yeah. distance. I put it in my review of before sunset. I said if I saw this movie in theaters and and I would have killed myself having to wait for another nine years for the third one. Yeah, no, I love those movies. I'm really glad you liked them. Uh, I yeah, like before they're... sunrise better, but. Uh, because it, it it kind of like 
if they only made before sunrise, I wouldn't be like upset. But if they only made before sunrise and then before sunset, I would have been very upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really like the uh, the ambiguous ending of before sunrise. Yeah, it's like um, like I said, it's like, like weird to be like, oh, you gotta watch this later movie. It's like, negatively act like react really negatively when you tell him that. But it's like, no, trust me. Like he, he's got he's got bangers, dude. Like um. I'm telling people, you know. He they does, like yeah. I, I, I changed, I changed my my viewpoint of him because I had only seen um, Boyhood, and I hate Boyhood with every fiber of my being. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a that's a movie that I'm like, like actually like, I don't know. I think I'm allergic to like I, when I saw. Yeah, movie, I, I, I walked like, out. Just, I walked out. My ear. Well, well, I went to the theater seat, and my brother was like, "Hey, man, can we leave? I feel really sick." And then when we got to the car he was like fine and i was like hey I thought, are you are you okay and he was like oh i just don't want to watch that movie <laughs> yeah it sucks it's it's a shitty movie it's a bad concept whatever like you'd be better for his documentary honestly yeah but the movie and yeah, it sucks but yeah link later um you know i've seen more of his movies since then and i've i've, I've liked as many of his movies as i've hated so <laughs> yeah um but yeah that, that's it uh, yeah, and, and I want to. Yeah, I think like Lynch is like Tarkovsky, and like people get really frustrated because they're like, I don't get this. But then you tell them like, Oh, there's nothing to get. It just, it's just a feeling. Like it's just an intuitive feeling. Like you, you're not supposed to necessarily be able to explain how it makes you feel in words, right? It's like because it's a feeling, you know. It's like yeah, like I think post- the, I think the restoration Lincoln. really helped with Lost Highway because. Berger like really liked yeah. it. He was like, he, it was his first time seeing the movie, and he was like, "This movie rules." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Hell yeah, dude!" Cool. And so with that, let's get to this week's double feature: Paul Verhoeven, baby, amazing. He's an amazing guy. Uh, he's a cool guy. We love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite guys. I'll talk more about why. But uh, yeah, just to kind of explain, obviously, like um i like creep through your films on um letterbox thankfully you've like you're like me you've tried to go back and log everything you've seen so i knew that robocop was one of your favorites you posted it on one of your favorites list uh when i saw you had it seen total recall i got super excited because uh i if you love robocop man i can't wait to introduce you to this thing this movie called total recall and uh like, it got me really excited because, you know, I, I kind of like doing that, too. I kind of like having, like, one film that maybe we're both familiar with that we can, like, discuss. And then another one that, like, is new, you know, to at least one of us. Uh, and, like I said, the whole discovering and showing new people, that's, like, the whole fun of the pod. And, like, this felt like a very unique opportunity to, like, it, it felt like a slam dunk. And I don't, I have no idea how you felt about Total Recall. You've given me zero clues. So you could hate it. Uh don't you don't have to ruin you know you can put, keep your poker face you don't have to say anything but like uh i, I i'm feeling really good because like i said i i feel like this is a i I'm, upon rewatch it's even better than i remembered uh, <clears throat> uh do you want to talk maybe a little bit before we get into robocop about like verhoven and like your relationship with them or if you're just like oh i just you kind of know one movie or yeah so i had seen um so i've seen now four. I had I had seen three Verhoeven films before this double feature. Um, so I'd seen Robocop. I'd seen uh, uh, Starship Troopers, and then I watched Benedetta when it came out in theaters. Um, 
And yeah, I, I've really liked all of his films I've seen. I just don't, I don't really, he's much like, a, you know, like, a, a, like romance movies for me or whatever. Like I don't necessarily, mm-hmm. or even biopics, I don't necessarily seek him out. But like mm-hmm. when I do end up watching one, I, I typically enjoy it. Um, Verhoeven is, is kind of goes beyond that. He's like a filmmaker that I never like seek out. But like every mm-hmm. time I, I watch his movies, I like, don't just typically enjoy them like i love them you know like it's it's like um of course like growing up i had seen uh robocop and then starship trooper um Mm. is is a great movie because like verhoeven does this this interesting thing kind of like carpenter in a way um where uh he's he's like he makes these movies that like say something but they're also like fun you know like that, that's really like the fun difference. yeah yeah that's definitely a big thing i wanted to talk about for sure that's the difference between like like we said like kind of the elevated horror discussion that's kind mm-hmm. of why i wanted to talk about this because um you know that's the thing like, like a cardinal sin of a movie is being boring to me right like if i'm bored during a movie like if i if i'm bored and don't get anything out of the experience then like what was the point right but like verhoven actually has a lot to say he's got like very yeah. clear themes throughout his movies but like they're all entertaining you know they're all like kind of they're they're not just entertaining they're like hyper entertainment right it's very much yeah like yeah you can eat popcorn you can drink your soda or you could like crack open a beer or do, you know do whatever like yeah you know, roll a drink, whatever and just like enjoy that the hell out of like the time that you're spent like with a vero and maybe and that's like you know starship troopers um is one of a one of the movies that I always recommend to people because like um, my most interesting thing about Starship Troopers is, is it's a guy I know who's in the, like who, who joined the air force, um, who was very gung ho military. That was his favorite movie, which is, is a, yeah, obviously like, again, like I said, it's very much like, you know, a, a movie that, that says something and it has a, yeah. a message, which probably he doesn't have on, but he just likes it because it's entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, like, the same reason why I like these movies as a kid, right? Like, I wasn't smart enough to get the whole, like, fascist subtext. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about Verhoeven, like, where he comes from and why that's really important. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, it's exactly what you're saying. It's, like, these are, like, could be the funny movies where you can just turn your brain off and have fun. But at the same time, they're they're rich in, like, subtext and themes. And, like, you know, he is a very thoughtful guy. He's one of these <clears throat> classic, like, Garth Ennis, a European guy who has like an outsider uh, objective like view on America and he can kind of analyze it because like he grew up in the Netherlands it's like he's you know he speaks English like it's adjacent you know it's like America like it's sort of like but so he's like he can like adapt to the culture like because he talks about not knowing that a lot of the book or a lot of the script but like he can like pick up on it but he can also like i said be an outsider and like analyze us and i think starship troopers has been described as a movie by a fascist society like after the fascist one basically <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like if the nazis won and they made movies this would be like one of their movies uh and the fact that it's an american movie i think says everything you need to know about what he thinks about us um and we'll get into it more <clears throat> but yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad uh yeah i'm glad uh i'm glad you feel that way i'm i'm a big here later for Verhoeven. Well, that's finally getting in our first film. Uh, 1987's RoboCop. What's up? One second. Uh, Sorry. Like, I just wanted to say the last thing about 
Verhoeven before we dive deep into RoboCop um, is that uh, this is the only double feature where I like, so, so after I watch the double features, typically, you know, obviously I make them a double feature. I watch them in a day. Um, this was the only one that I wanted to go back and watch another Verhoeven movie. Like if that tells you anything, mm. you know, like yeah, of, of the, like when we did the baseball pod, right. We did um, Bull Durham and, and Field of Dreams. Like I didn't, I didn't like have the itch to go and watch Moneyball afterwards, even though I love Moneyball. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, but like, mm. Verhoeven movies are so good that, like, even after watching two of them, I just wanted more. Yeah, yeah, I I feel the same way. Like I said, they're like they're very unique experiences, and they're like fun in a way that movies aren't fun anymore. Like, uh, and we'll kind of talk about a little bit why that is, because I think there's like a few reasons. But um, yeah, so 1987's RoboCop. This is a movie that I absolutely loved growing up. Owned the VHS. Uh, if my brother's listening, I hope he's okay with me telling this story, but. Like, uh, he, he loved RoboCop as well. Both of my brothers did. And, and, um, but one of them is particularly like, uh, when like we owned the first one, but the second one, whenever we would take it back to the rent, we would rent it whenever we'd have to take it back. Like he would freak out. And so like we would keep renting and it so many times they just let us keep it. <laughs> um, cause yeah, like I said, that's how crazy we were about like RoboCop as like a character. He's just a very cool guy presence you know and um i think there's a very specific reason for that and i'll uh, I'll get into that but uh yeah like you said these movies are political they're full of subtext full of like satire commentary um also like existential horrors that i'll get into like like again there's like a i love this movie because i this movie i've like again i watch it a lot as a kid but i've rediscovered it many times as an adult like i go back and watch it all the time every time it's like a new experience it's like it's never boring it's never it's like like again there's like stuff that i haven't hadn't picked up on you know there's always like new like stuff that i see in this movie and that's why like like that to me is a great movie like a movie that you can revisit over decades and still be like yeah this fucking movie is awesome and um there's one thing in particular i want to talk about like uh because the movie is very violent and it like um struggled with like um getting like it got an x rating a lot and it struggled getting that down to an r and um so it's like a notoriously violent movie but um so i saw this video i wish i could find it um it's like a video essay i saw years ago but it kind of explained like pg-13 violence and how like in a movie with robocop like yeah it's r-rated it's very explicit but like basically in the remake they they use the robocop remake specifically um they do this thing and it's very uh much in influenced by our guy nolan uh which like you know i I talk about this all the time i love the dark knight but it has like all these negative effects on films and one of the negative effects was this like pg-13 violence where they cut a lot so it's hard to to notice but if you if you've ever like if you go back and watch the dark knight or batman begins you'll notice that like they never actually show any of the impacts of the hits right like they'll show batman throwing a punch and then they'll very quickly they'll cut to the next shot is the reaction right so they literally cut around the actual hitting you know and um you know obviously there's no blood and stuff and they do this to like a lot of movies do a lot of movies do this to get a pg-13 to get around violence but and um 
you know, so it's like supposed to have this like censoring, like po- I guess positive effect that's not as violent, but obviously it has a overall negative effect because it gives the illusion of consequenceless violence, right? And that's what I love so oh. much about RoboCop is that it's so explicit and it makes the violence so real. But I think that's good because it teaches you that violence has very real consequences, you know. And I think I prefer that much more than again to the new. PG-13, like, again, like this whole Nolan style, like, you don't actually see anyone hitting anybody. It's it's all kind of like, and and the new RoboCop movie is, like, notorious for that, of just, like, cutting around, you know, the gunshot. There's no blood, you know. It's stuff like that. And I think that's one of the things that adds to the whole, like, sanitized, neutered feeling of the remake and of, of, like, a lot of those remakes and stuff and just new movies in general. Um that's one of the reasons that it feels so lifeless and dead is because it's been sanitized in that way, in that very specific way. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I'm not like saying like, uh, like mystical, like forces. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I have like very specific reasons for like how and why things have changed. And, uh, I think movies are just overall worse for it in general. Um, yeah, yeah the, that's it, my, I, I haven't book? seen that. I haven't seen the remake of RoboCop, but that sounds like the remake of RoboCop would be like a, uh, yeah. would be like a, a Verhoeven cutaway TV ag. Yeah, it's like, a, it's a Nolan thing. Yeah, like I said, a very like drab, lifeless. And, and again, we, it takes all the fun out, you know? And, uh, you know, it, that's a big part of the reason why these movies aren't. Like, I'm sorry, like gore, gore, like I forgot the name of it. There, you know, gore has existed in theater for like hundreds of years, right? Like they're like, gore is not something that has to be like eliminated from movies like it's totally fine it's cathartic like like i said it makes the movie fun and you know what i'm saying i think that's one of the things they took out of the original obviously it's not ultra violent it has that pg-13 cut around violence and you know ultimately it's it just feels lifeless that's why it's not that's why i i mean like i you know because we're talking about movies not being as fun i think i'm just trying to explain why I think specifically, like, why they're not fun, you know? Um, but with all that said, RoboCop, the original, uh, the funnest movie, maybe, I've ever watched. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, five stars for me, obviously. Matt, what'd you think about it? What do you think about what I said, too, about the violence thing? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, like I said, Verhoeven kind of, uh, he very much so has a has a intention behind the violence. It's yeah. not like, it's violence, you know, it's, like, fun and, and, like, it's a fun movie, right? But, like, it's not just, like, violent for, like, violence's sake. It's very yeah, much, like, yeah. it visceral. The story. Yeah, it's visceral and, like, um, I think he's very much commentating on violence is, like, because it's, like, uh, um, you know, the, in the beginning of RoboCop, there's this, like, scene where he's, like, spinning his gun around, like a, like a western, you know? And the, yeah. and she says, "Why are you doing that?" And he's like, "Well, you know, like my son loves this the show, and it's a show about a cop, right? Like it's a, like a super cop mm. show." Um, and he's like, "It's like it's like a ranger or something, right? Like a whatever." Yeah. But um, right, they, and they show the show in the movie, and uh, you know, it's sanitized, right? There's not. It's like like they're glorifying violence right and it's like when when you you know you cut to that scene to the to the scene where murphy you know um gets his arm shot off right which is like 
So he does this like cool spinning move. Like when he shoots the bad guy, he's supposed to do this cool spinning move and like mm-hmm. put it up, you know, because like that's how you know he's the hero. He's, he, he, he commits this act of violence and it's like, but it's like sanitized violence, right? But like then later on, you know, the real world comes crashing in when, when Murphy gets killed, you know, and he gets yeah. his arm blown off and it's very visceral and, and it's like, oh shit, like there's actually, you know, it's not shit like, real. A, yeah, it's not a, it's not a TV show, you know, like, and mm-hmm. e- even though like, Again, we said RoboCop's fun. It's 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 got something to say. So so oh yeah, that, that's kind of my my whole thing on on violence. It's very, you know, it's it's very much. So this movie's great. Um, it, it's a very it's a very good movie. Um, it's a yeah, it's five stars for me. Um, it's it's a, you know, like like I said, it's it's a it can it doesn't commit the cardinal sin of movies, which is it's not. You know, it's boring. It's it's not boring yeah, at all. Yeah. It's very entertaining. It's you know, it's really fast paced. It's very um, you know, kind of snappy and and everything. And um, yeah, I I think like like I said, I think this movie has a lot to say. I'll, I'll kind of get into yeah. it a little more, but those are just my like you know, cursory cursory thoughts of it so far. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get into it, like I I have my little Verhoeven spiel uh basically he was born in uh, the netherlands in 1940 uh so the for, for the first five years of his life or whatever he grows up under knock under nazi occupation like literal nazis in his backyard right so when he when he talks about fascism or when he comments on it or he makes movies about it you know i take him seriously in a way that i don't take like the average person on twitter right because it's like you know like not to get into it, but they called this one guy a fascist because he put kids in cages and he was going to take away our rights. Uh, then the new guy came in and he wasn't fascist, but the kids are still in cages and we still lost our rights. And uh, he loves the cops, you know. What can he say? But you know, so to me, either they're both fascists or neither's fascist. But uh, what do I know? You know, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy with the, just a movie guy. But uh, you know, so I, I like I don't take people seriously when they say shit anymore because it's like what well, you said. That guy was a fascist, and this guy's doing some like. So, what w- what is it? You know what I'm saying? It's very mixed messaging. Whereas, like with Verhoeven, he's very much like no, like he he recognizes, like, um, he recognizes that like the true source of power, like it's not even politicians, right? Like I think the mayor briefly shows up in this movie, but he doesn't have any lines. He's basically just a hostage. Um, but Verhoeven, like very smartly, like I said, because of his like European, like outsider perspective, like he sees that like the true s- source of power comes not from even politicians, but from this like alliance and this cooperation between corporations, corporate power and uh, law enforcement, you know, and um, it's crazy because like at the time it was like this dystopian idea that like the law enforcement, you know, this like public service would be owned by a private company. And now, of course, that thing's being privatized. Corporations have their own private militaries. It's crazy. Like, literally just this week, I saw uh, there was a post that went viral about um, they were like, oh, I think there's undercover cops at this subway station. And it turns out, um, but they were dressed up as, like, delivery workers from a certain company I won't name. But um, it turns out that, like, there's also a video of them using one of the delivery trucks as, like, an undermarked police car. And, um basically like it was this like nypd task force that they used to do like stop and frisk when it was illegal but basically now they dress up like delivery guys and want like bus people for like hopping the turnstiles or whatever um and people are trying to point out like oh isn't that illegal and it's like yeah but that would like um suggest that that would like um 
assume that there isn't some sort of cooperation or agreement going on, right, between this company and law enforcement. And um, I think that was very prescient by Verhoeven because it's it's very similar to The Boys, right? Where like The Boys, the show The Boys, which I think we're going to talk about it after it's wrapped up, um, the new season. But like that show recognizes the true source power in this country power and if we ever were to descend into fascism like it won't even it won't be through politics or even populism like it'll be through a collaboration between corporate structures and law enforcement because we like as we all know law enforcement doesn't exist to like protect people they exist to protect capital interests right so like corporations right so all that said like at the same time the scene where ed209 falls down the stairs and starts crying like a baby and making chickens and that to me is like this movie in a nutshell right it's like it's like like you said it's like this very serious like the, like themes and ideas but with like the fun stuff you've had with the remake or with the new stuff in general you know action movies sci-fi whatever like they beat you over the head with the theme they th- beat you over the head with the moral but they don't have any of the fun shit you know what i'm saying there's no there's none of like there's no ed 209 there's no like but yeah, that's my whole like Verhoeven thing. Yeah, it's really funny too because like this movie and Starship Troopers and a lot gets read because it portrays fascist violence yeah. as like a thing that that happens, and people people think that because it portrays it on screen, it agrees with it. Which yeah. is like it's insane to me how you can watch RoboCop and think it's fascist because like I mean for yeah. Christ's sake, like one of the before RoboCop even gets like introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene where uh, ED209 goes into a boardroom with apparently live ammunition and bo- yeah, like the guy like, puts down a weapon and he's just like, you have 10 seconds to surrender and just blows yeah, him well, away. Um, and, then, uh, and then, and then uh, the, the, the main guy is like, like, oh, you've really mucked this, like, you really yeah. like, fucked us on this one. Like, we're going to lose millions of dollars because we're going to have to recalibrate him. You know, like he doesn't care about, you know, yeah. human life at all. It's just, it's just this corporate ladder, you know, where he's like, yeah. he's like, Oh, I thought we worked out all the kinks. Like, like a guy just died. And the only th- the only person who cares about him, is some nameless board member who's like, for God's sakes, call the paramedics. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like this human life just got wasted. And it's like the it's only really- thing that cared about was the money. It's really funny, and yeah, like you said, like this movie is obviously commenting on fashion, but it's co- commenting on fascism, but it's totally not like pro fascism. I don't see how people can't miss that, right? Because it's like Robocop is literally a messianic figure who's not a real cop. Like the whole thing is that he like breaks protocol, you know, and, and has to like try to reprogram himself and like break away from his masters and you know serve the people, you know, like Robocop, it, he, he literally like. He is the purest form of like a good, a quote unquote, good cop, right? Like he literally exists to uphold the law, right? Like that's his programming, right? <clears throat> and that's obviously not what a real well, cop also... is. How oh, real cops are, but 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 he, that's a, that's the thing. It's like, and I think that's why that's what that's what I was gonna say about like when I grew up, right? I think like even though when I was a kid, I'm not, I'm not saying like I was a genius and I could like, oh, I recognize the fascist themes. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying like on the one. And yeah, I think you said it. This is a movie that a, a kid can enjoy and just have fun with, and like you know, not get any of the political stuff. But I think at the same time, it wouldn't have spoke to me if I didn't at least subconsciously pick up on this other thing, which was that like he was RoboCop, right? He's not. He's not a little. He's not an actual cop, right? And um, and like 
the, this this whole thing about him being like good and actually serving the people the source of that is like the little bit of humanity that remains in him right so basically Verhoeven is saying like oh if you got a cop who is like a little bit of an actual human he would maybe actually like you know serve the people <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean like it's so funny like you literally like it's so like if you like break it down and say like literally what's going on it's so funny to see like you know yeah, he's he's also story, like, I, 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 like very like the famous story is that he read the script, threw it in the trash, and then his wife took it out and had told him to reread it. Love women, women behind every great male behind behind every great male, great man. Period is a is a great female. But uh, yeah, like because uh, he said that like since English wasn't his first language, he wasn't picking up on the satire. Yeah, I, I think like uh, specifically. You know, he he's uh, like you said about the kind of like, you know, the cop with one shred of humanity left. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, but also like it's it's very much the uh, the corporation, you know, takes over the police precinct. Right. And it's like yeah. all these cops like um, there's a hilarious part where <laughs> the cops blow away RoboCop. Right. Which is like like, again, the one good cop. They just like absolutely blow him away, just start shooting the hell out like, of him. There's like three guys they, that are like, fuck this, we're not gonna shoot him, and then everyone else is like Ar- fire, arms away. Know? Yeah, yeah, fire away. Yeah. And, and then they unionize and they walk out when the big fight at the end happens, right? Like when they mm-hmm. need to stop the uh the main um the main uh crime unit. Of course, yeah. like the crime, you know, they're working with the corporations. That's of of course, right? Like you can't and and the thing about it is too is like um so so that kind of says about the cops and and how how everything's like interconnected but also like the good cops are you know kind of like um just you know cattle for the wolves right like i mean yeah you know cuz murphy and um what's his partner's name what's what's her name um oh god uh, i'm forgetting her name Anthony. yeah so so um Robocop Murphy Yeah, so so Robocop and something. It's Officer Ann, I just can't remember her last name. Yeah. Um so he kinda like you know, um when he gets blown away, he's still like put into like a a robot suit to kind of like serve you know, <laughs> try to serve capital's interests, right? That's what I'm saying. Is like it's pretty crazy, and and of course, like you said, he didn't get the satire, you know, because English isn't his first language. But like the commercials are, like, completely. I mean, how could you watch these commercial, like the the TV shows and the commercials they watch in the movie, and think any like it's a fascist movie? I mean, like their comedy is uh is the guy, and I said it like last week. You know, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's dying laughing. You know, it's like so funny. This guy is like using a form of like capital expression, I guess, to, to make this comedy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it's like, there's something very important that happens in the beginning where they talk about striking and, and uh, the chief says cops don't strike. And I think that's a very important, very deliberate thing in the script. Right. Cause that separates them from working class. Right. Cause yeah. People will say that, like, oh, cops, you know, they make X amount of dollars, you know, they're just working class. It's like, no, they're not, because, they, again, they exist to, like, to protect capitalists or capital, whatever. They're the long arm of the of, of capital. So, like, um, they're 
deliberately not like uh working class right so and yeah and they, 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 and they 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 point that out in the film by saying like you know he said i think he says like we're not plumbers or something like that yeah the only time they end up like like unionizing or whatever is that like again at the very end when all the damage is done right like it's very much yeah. like the cops do you know the cops do the most damage to robocop that's a very you know um i think like you know, it's one a very... of their own for being a good thing overlord. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. They 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 murder him and then they go on strike because they're not getting paid enough. Like yeah. they don't they don't go on like the thing is the cops don't go on strike because um, they disagree with the corporation or um, something like they're they're you know attacking one of their own. They don't do that at all. They they do it purely out of monetary self interest, and that's what I'm saying is like, you know, it's like a movie that that has a lot to say, um, but also at the same time is like incredibly fun because you do have like the mm-hmm. the guy gets shot in the dick. You know? Yeah, yeah, and the, um, it's full. There's so many quotables. I did them all last week. Can you fly, baby? Oh man, I had this great thought. I want I wanted to share this with you. I know you'll love this. You know this scene where um Clarence Boddicker. Um, played by Red from um, That 70s Show. You know the scene where he's like selling drugs to that Italian guy and he says something like, guns, 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 or something, or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, oh, he goes, he goes, yeah, he's like, because he's like, he makes fun of the Italian guy and then they pull his guns out and then his guys pull his guns out and he goes, guns, guns. For some reason, whenever he said that, I, I, he looked so much like a certain guy to me and I was like, what if um, they made like Robocop and Clarence Boddicker was played by Bill Hader? Oh, yeah. Like, I just, when he said that, he just looked like, ah, like he just, he made such like a Bill Hader face. I was like, man, Bill Hader would be so good as like a bad guy in one of these movies. Man. Ah, that'd be sick. Yeah, that's true. Another of the uh, bad guys is uh, Leland Palmer. From, you know, yeah, oh, I was going to say, uh, yeah, the, the there's a, there's a double Twin Peaks connection in this film because uh, we've got Ray Wise, Leland Palmer uh, playing one of the bad guys, but we've also got Miguel Ferrar um, playing uh, uh, the corporate, like the corporate weasel guy. Uh, well, you're you're close in the Twin Peaks connection. There's actually a three prong. Yeah, I I, 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 knew, I thought there was a third guy, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't remember. Daniel Daniel Oak. Oh, here Lahey, the Irish actor. He's uh, he's in this movie. He's the main, the CEO, um, right? And he plays um, Andrew Packard in Twin Peaks. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who he was. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. at first I thought it was Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox wasn't in Twin Peaks, but it was. That's why, because it was his boss. Okay, because yeah, I knew there was a third guy here from Twin Peaks, and I couldn't like place him. And like I said, I thought it was Ronnie Cox, and it wasn't, and I gave up. But yeah, no, this movie's great. Like, yeah, man, I, I just like, I, I like, I just, I want, I fucking want Bill Hader as Clarence Boddicker so much. I just think like, like imagine Bill Hader saying, "Can you fly, Bobby?" Like, oh man, he would just kill it, dude. He would, uh, like, if you're Bill Hader, if you're listening, like, play a villain in my movie. I'll write a script for you. It's amazing. Like, it'll be amazing. It's like. Man, like I just, I think, I think he would be like an amazing villain. He would be fun because Bill Hader's like a fun actor, right? He does fun voices, and uh, the um, you know, 
Red. He's also a fun actor. He's also a very fun guy. Um, we got. We should mention uh, Phil Tippett did the stop motion for this. The special effects. We just did an episode about him. Phil Tippett's the man, the legend. Um, I watched the Arrow Blu-ray release of this blue the arrow release of this blu-ray um and it has like a bunch of like awesome fucking special effects phil tippett pops up in it um like i said i love ed 209 i feel like he's just like i've just been fascinated with him as since i was a child i just think ed 209 is the coolest designed robot i've ever seen what's up he growls you know he has that lion roar yeah it's weird they they like he's like He's a robot, but he they use, like, organic, like you said, animal sounds. I think, like, chicken sounds, babies crying. They use, like, all these weird sounds. The, the, like... scene, the scene that everyone parodies, or not parodies, but talks about, so the scene where, so they, they have this multi-million or, um, they call him, like, a, like he, he's, like, a de, like, they actually say de-urbanization, like, unit, which is, like, yeah. obviously... We know what that means in terms of like you know, in terms of cops, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, he does well on the streets. Like the military is going to want him, you know. So we're going to like, yeah, you, you know, sell. And they're, they're, we're, they also like built in planned obsolescence too, because there's a scene in it where the guy who's like the the brain trust of ED two hundred nine is like, yeah, um, we're going to sell work you're going to sell spare parts to them, right? Like, so that we're going to oh, be only... Yeah, it's Dick, it's Dick Jones. He's, like, the bad guy of the movie. He's also Miguel Ferrar's, like, competitor, because Miguel Ferrar is actually, as slimy as he is, he's actually one of RoboCop's allies, because he's, I mean, he's also a piece of shit for bringing Murphy back to life, right? Because, yeah, that's one something I want to talk about, too, is the whole, like, existential dread of this movie. Like, you have a guy being dying and being brought back to life, you know? And, like reprogrammed and like what's going on in his head you know that's what i'm saying like he's he's very much like things like even cats are used you know mm. in the per- perpetuation of the system because he's a he's a cop that never has to sleep never you know really has to yeah. eat um you know they want him 24 7 like patrolling and everything um yeah i, I think uh but, but but what i was saying was like the that scene where so they make this robot this is like, you know, um, so Capital's idea is to make this robot that's hyper-aggressive that can, like, you know, de-urbanize, right? Like, the, mm. the, the population in ED-209. And then, like, RoboCop, because he's got humanity, he can, like, go downstairs, you know? And then ED-209 yeah, yeah. can go downstairs. There's a lot of funny stuff in this movie, you know, like, with, with that. Yeah, and, and, and I, oh, go ahead. Uh, and I, uh, I should say, like, I went out and bought an ED-209 action figure while watching this movie halfway through watching this movie and i have it sitting next to my desk now because like i said i think he's just the coolest design robot ever i think he's the best movie robot ever i'll say it well, it's, a, it's a big statement i don't know i don't know any other robots that i compare him to to be honest i mean there will be like lost in space heads star wars everyone will be fucking you know talking about the droids and shit i guess technically data's an android I don't know. There's like, I'm I I I was a huge sci-fi nerd when I was a kid, as you can tell. Uh, you know, I mean, there there's a lot. You know, I think a lot of newer people will probably say the Deus Ex Machina robot. It's a good one. But yeah, no, UD two hundred nine because they said they they talk about it in the special features. They're like RoboCop 
was a man, right? So we had to make ED209 the opposite. We had to make him we had to make him like the opposite of human, you know. So that's why he has all these like funny joints and stuff. And then I don't know if you've ever seen the second one, but there's this great bit where they're trying to make RoboCop 2.0 and um <laughs> there's like like this it's like this big ro- like kind of RoboCop looking robot comes out and like he like freaks out and yanks his head off and he's like underneath it's just like a skeleton it's it's really cool the second one has some cool stuff in it um so they're written by frank miller um this one obviously has a lot of like um this movie has a lot in debt to the dark knight returns the frank miller books which i know you've read um the whole like news things right like the whole news like the, the whole news caption people or you know um uh, New yeah segments or whatever yeah that's very much like a frank miller thing or whatever dude they're so funny like that that's what i'm saying like this movie's so funny and like mm-hmm. you know it's, like it's such good satire because they're like smiling and they're like uh today there was like fourteen thousand people that were dead you know like during this like oil spill or whatever you know and then they're just like but also the queen mm-hmm. you know it's like very you know again yeah. it's very prescient like about like how news is today you know because there's just like these smiling t- Vapid. Horrible, horrible thing. And then switching yeah. to entertainment, you know? So, yeah, it's a great it's a great movie. I mean, that, there's that scene, too, like, we didn't talk about. Like, special effects in this are really good. Um, yeah. There's a scene in it, like, where that guy falls into a vat of toxic chemicals at the end. <laughs> well, oh, that's amazing, yeah. Comes out, and he's like, help me, you know? Like, yeah. Like, mutant or whatever. And then <laughs> he gets... He gets absolutely creamed by uh, <laughs> by Red, you know. He just runs him over. He just explodes on his windshield, and he's like, "Oh God!" Um, uh, yeah, that 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 shit rules. Um, uh, he has a line in the movie where he's like, uh, "There's no better way to steal money than free enterprise." Like, if you have, yeah. if you have, if you had any like doubt about where this movie stood you know it's very like anti-capitalist right because like i said the it, it recognizes the true source of like power and therefore evil in this country is corporate power you know and if if they could collaborate with law enforcement then they i mean they, that's really the coup they right? literally own enforcement right they the thing yeah, is like it, i mean it's a movie about how corporations both own law enforcement um how the u.s government is completely feckless and worthless and how they also not only own law enforcement but they work with crime i mean how is this yeah no i mean yeah no exactly like it's like the only thing it's missing is the whole like oh like we're we also build the prisons that the private prisons that profit off of putting all these people in jail right um well no it it says that it says like oh yeah it does yeah i should have the well, then it's got everything. It's the perfect movie. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> the corporations are like the the corporation says like, oh, people didn't know how we could profit off prisons, but here we are. You know, like, and they're kind of oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The police force. No, I mean so, this movie is excellent. Yeah, like I said, it's very to, like again to us, it's very clear, right? It's very clear. Oh, dude, like, and he says, he says, of course, like the military industrial complex was a part. He's like, can you get military grade weapons? And he's like, son, we are the military. <laughs> Oh, he goes, we basically are the military. Yeah, and, and again, there, there's, like, other stories I wish I could remember, but, there, like, this is basically reality. Like, there are rich, certain rich guys, who I will not name, but there are certain rich guys who own local law enforcement, and they can kind of 
Akrathen. And again, it, it was like a the dystopian idea, but this is like the it's very much like a normal part of our hyper realized society. You know, like this whole idea of like privatizing yeah. and you know. Like again, corporations are the ultimate source of like it, it, they they're always going to control they're always going to have the most control, right? They're always going to be the real source of power. And I think that's like cuz people think like oh, it's this like conspiracy or it's this like hidden thing. It's like no, it's literally really it's faceless making, right? It's a money-making machine and um it's really fucked and it's really dark if you think about it. But again, it's like most people don't even pick up on that cuz it's just so but fun, Steve- you know. What's I was going to say, but Steven, even after all that, right, we're, we're talking about like how it's yeah. not actually fascist, got, you know, pretty good politics, I would say. It falls in line with like pretty much our, you know, yeah. uh, like critique of, of politics and everything. Um, like you said, it's fun. That's, that's, the, that's the main thing, too, right? It's very fun. Mm. Um, guy gets shot in the dick. Um, you know, there's a big robot fight, yeah. robot versus robot fight. It's really good. The the final set piece where he's you know finally taking revenge against the guys who killed him is good, you know it's it's, it's all these things that like kind of coalesce into this this fun, um, just this fun movie this this really good fun movie um, that again people who have like three year old brains like try and yeah. say oh it's, RoboCop's literally a cop it's like okay <laughs> yeah I'm not interested in, in that conversation at all. You know, um, I, I'm more interested in the a cab includes RoboCop. Yeah, I uh, we should say like I sent you a video and <laughs> I was like, "Add that you didn't immediately watch it because you were like, what is this?'" And I was like, "Man, I was like, just, I was like, just watch it, please." Um, it's uh, there a few years ago there was like a crowdsourced remake of RoboCop where they got 55 filmmakers and they each re- remake a scene or whatever and um, remade a scene. I mean and um. Uh, the one, the second and basically it's it's like a recreation of the dick seating scene, but then all of a sudden like two more guys and a girl come in the scene and like they've got their dicks out, so he like shoots them, and then like all of a sudden just like all these guys with their dick, just like out guys, just like come upon Robo and just like shooting all, all their dicks. Out. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking funny. And he's dual wielding. And he's just he's just shooting guys in the dick. Because the girls are looking at him like, "What the fuck is he doing?" And there's a great, there's a great part. Of, there's, a, there's a great part at the end where he's like trying to get back in his car. And I was like, "Yeah," because that's probably like my biggest criticism of the movie is like I don't like seeing RoboCop drive a car. I just don't, you know, like <laughs> humanizes him, I guess. But yeah, this movie is shot. <laughs> He can't get back in the car. Yeah. <laughs> he just goes, ladies, you've been through, you know, he he, does, he says what he says in the movie. He's like, yeah. lady, you've been through like a, a traumatic I'll alert the rape crisis center. And then she's like, what the fuck? Because she's like hugging him, you know? She's like, he's her hero. You know? And he's yeah. just like, he he's obviously not regained his humanity at this point. He's just like, lady, you've been through rape crisis. I'm going to notify the rape center. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. He's just... He just explodes all these guys' dicks in the remake in the in that shot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like you it's said, funny. He, can't, he can't even get back in his car. <laughs> and they have like the dinging sound of the car like ding ding ding. He's like trying to get back in. Uh yeah. Uh, uh, there's there's a, he he rides a motorcycle uh, in the sequel, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I I've seen the sequel. I haven't seen it since um but you know, cuz we were talking before the pod about like eight and how a lot of the nostalgia comes from for 80s movies comes from like the toys, you know? And yeah. I remember my sister had a like wind up pullback rope. Mm. I knew I knew who RoboCop was before I'd seen RoboCop because of that, you know? Yeah. I, I was like, this... what the hell is this? This guy looks cool. I had this one very cool RoboCop toy. I'm sure people like toy collectors know which one it is. But it was like an it was like a it was like a, just a little like Star Wars action figure of RoboCop. But like uh you could fill it with like a you remember cap guns? Like you could fill it with like a roll of caps. And then he had this like switch in the back where like you flicked it and then it would just like put it would pop a cap, right? So it was like Robot was really it was like Robocop was really shooting. Toys used to be awesome. Toys used to be cool, man. Be able to make gun one. Um yeah, I loved uh the commercial for the X for the six thousand SUX, the car. Yeah. Um and then of course like one of the guys gets one and they like blow it up. Clarence like blows it up. <laughs> um it's like, look, Clarence, I got a car like you, and he's like, Well, I got now I'm gonna blow your shit up because fuck you. Uh yeah, Clarence is awesome. Clarence Boddicker, I just one of my favorite movie villains, like, you know. Oh, he's great. <laughs> and you're so you're so happy you shit, you know. It, it's Kurtwood Smith, we should say. It's not it, I, it, it's I, I like I said I keep calling him Red, but cuz that's who he played, but it's Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. He, he's most known for Red, you know, and and this role too, obviously. Yeah, like he's when he calls RoboCop a dumbass. He's a good he's a good bad guy. He's a very good bad guy. And um you know, uh the second movie, I would say that that um, Verhoeven definitely has a bad guy type, you know. Mm. I would say. You know? Oh yeah, it's it's I, when he pop, I was like, oh shit, Ronnie Cox again. Yeah, Ronnie Cox is awesome in this movie. He's such a piece of shit. Uh, I love when he's like when he's telling um Miguel Ferrari, he's like, we used to call the old man names, Iron Butt, Boner. <laughs> Once I even <laughs> called him an asshole. <laughs> when he says Boner, I don't know why I just. <laughs> the way he says it's really funny. Um, they do the thing where it's like like uh, from Frankenstein or like Nosferatu, where they uh, they only show like glim- they like start out they show you glimpses of RoboCop before like yeah. reveal. Um, he never looks like stupid. Like I'm sure in real life it looks very stupid. The suit looks very stupid. Um, yeah, his his like his walking twos very right. Like the yeah. <laughs> The thing that he like, you know, robotically is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. He's very iconic. You know, he's got that. He does that flip of the gun thing, puts in the mm-hmm. the like, holster. It's really cool. His big ass gun. Um, his if huge there was... gun that he's he's got a targeting system that helps him target. But apparently, like when his helmet gets knocked off, he can't really target that well. Mm. And then he has to relearn how to shoot, even though like. The thing that she teaches him is line up the the crosshairs with the uh, with your target, yeah. and he immediately learns how to shoot again. Um, if anyone like wondered if like oh is RoboCop still a man? I think uh, it's proven that he definitely is. Whenever um, he lies to his partner, like uh, there's that scene where she's like, "Don't you know me? Don't you know me?" And he's like, "I have to go. There is crime." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, that's definitely something a man would do." <laughs> 
Just be like, it's you, Murphy. He's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I have to leave. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm gonna go kill crime. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, there is crime. Uh, yeah, that's, that's how I talk to women, too. Um, yeah, it's an amazing movie. Um, uh, final thoughts, I guess. Like I said, we've talked about it. There's a million. We could talk about it all day. Oh, I love when he says... Um, Oh, my favorite line from Clarence Boddicker is when he goes, "Are you a good cop, hot shot?" <laughs> That's a, that, and then and there he goes. He's like, "Are you a good cop?" Right? Like, yeah, he is. He's the only good cop, basically. He's literally the only good cop. His fucking partner is useless. She sucks yeah. so much, dude. Like, I was just like, Jesus, Christ. like, remember, like, in so in the beginning when she's like, "Oh, let me, you better let me drive." And he's like, "Nah, like, I'll, you know, usually when I break in a new." like partner like i'm the one driving you know there's like she's like should we wait for backup or should we go in you know and he she's like let's go in and then he knocked out you know and then he just gets he gets to jump on two guys and then they all like jump on you know they all get to jump on him because there's like a billion guys there you know like she sucks so much she's like knocked out she's knocked out and finally he just you know they're like oh i hate cop and he gets blown to pieces which is like Another thing is like you know, there's that parody in like Family Guy where you, you see the you see the scene where he just gets blown away by guns. You know, mm. it's a very iconic scene, but like it can be kind of like you know, it's gratuitous, but like it's meant yeah. to be gratuitous. You know, like it's not yeah. it's not funny unless like you're trying to make fun of it. You it, know? It's, it I don't think it would be as effective as if it wasn't as gratuitous and explicit. Yeah, it's horrifying. It, it, it really fucks you up, and then there's that great sequence where it's like uh, through Murphy's POV or whatever, and you see him kind of like quote unquote die or whatever. And yeah, I I um I want to say like I did this comedy show back when I lived in LA. It was like a monthly show, and we would have these like little uh, interstitial bits where like we would take breaks, and I would play like um, a video that I edited, and I did this one where I lined up. Um, the Great Gig in the Sky by Pink Floyd off of um, uh, The Dark Side of the Moon. I, I, I lined that song up with uh, the scene where he, uh, Robocop goes looking through his old home. And um, I don't know if I have it anywhere. Like, I'll try to find it and send it to you because, like, it, it's, it's, it, it's way cooler than it sounds, right? And I just think, like, like I, had a, I had a guy, one of my friends came up to me after he watched, after I played that. And he goes, yeah, he's like, I, like... I get it. He's like, I can't explain it, but I get it, right? And I think, like, it just... There, there's a very, like, real threat, real thread of, like, existential dread running through this movie, right? Because there is the whole question of the afterlife. And, like, this man died and came back to life, right? Again, adding to, like, the whole, like, Christian theme or, you know, Jesus theme or whatever. I mean, that's, like, a very famous thing because he literally, like, walks on water or whatever. But, um, yeah, I just... I find it fascinating because, yeah, there's this whole, like what makes him human what makes him a man um i don't know like i said it, it is very like imagine dying and then you just be, come back and but you're just like this like machine that they can just plug in and plug out you know and just have you go like yeah dude. it's like we didn't world. even talk it's, about it's, the insane. it's a nightmare what's up we didn't even talk about the directives right because like oh in yeah the, like obviously one of the things is like the the final scene is like um this is another one, like, again, movies used to end, like, very abruptly, you know? Yeah. So, like, the final scene is literally, like, um, 
the you know the guy um he doesn't frame the guy um you know kind of admits to the murder of like his corporate rival right and um the ed 209 guy and he admits to like everything and he goes in there to arrest him but like directive four is like you can't harm yeah. uh you know you you can't harm an employee of that company <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so he's just like you know uh dan uh he's like you're fired and then he's just like oh thank you sir and he like kills him you know he shoots yeah, him yeah yeah um goes through the window and everyone's like celebrating you know good job thing he like walks out and it's like dun 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 yeah he oh, it's like, he's like yeah it's like uh what's your name oh he's like good shooting son what's your name and he goes murphy Murphy and it's dun 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 dun. So it's my name is Colonel Tom Parker, and I have a new act. His name is Elvis Presley. That's what he says. Yeah, my name is Colonel Tom Parker. <laughs> yeah, the weirdest. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I before before we wrap up completely though, I do have to say that that um, and I was trying to make this joke earlier. I completely like fumbled it when I when I was originally going to say it. But like, yeah, um, Dan uh, Daniel. O- Hurley is is great. He's a great bad guy. Every time he shows up in something, he's a bad guy. Um, yeah. He's in he's in <laughs> my second favorite Halloween movie, Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I, I love Season of the Witch. Like, yeah, it's very much. A, um, I show that to everyone I can. I'm like, this is the this is the this is the uh, the quintessential so bad it's good movie. Um, yeah, what what's his name? I forgot his plays the protagonist. He's like inexplicably a fuck machine. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone wants to fuck this like ugly ass <laughs> yeah, guy. Fucking... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that movie kicks ass. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Great, great movie. Great, great. Robocop, perfect movie. One might say. Yeah, if somehow you're like listening to this and you haven't seen it, like go fucking watch it, man. It's awesome. It's really easy to watch. It's like you won't be looking at your phone because every it's constantly changing and it just. It, I never realized. I wrote this down. I never realized how much it influenced my writing because it like it's so well structured and it's like you know he has this low point and then oh someone saves him and then he like recovers and you know it's like oh man it's just Dude, it's, it's an amazing. It's- it's so tight writing too, right? Because like, I mean, it's such a t- like a, a very perfectly. I, I don't know if it's perfectly structured, but it's, it's a, a movie that that is so like tight in its storytelling. It is, it's an hour yeah. forty two, right? It's an hour forty two, and it's mm-hmm. so it doesn't waste a second of runtime. I would say. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, a hundred a hundred minutes is ideally the perfect runtime for a movie, just because, um, like when you're writing, the general rule is like one page equals one minute and uh, the but if you write like, people will say it's too short so generally like the agreed upon like perfect uh like uh length for a script is 100 pages so like a perfect 100 minutes essentially and this is like exactly like 100 minutes plus two minutes for credits or whatever um it's a perfectly structured film like it's you know the 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 part i was talking about where he goes and revisits his like family's home that's like the midpoint um the news people always pop up at like um during like turning points so like they show up at the beginning then they show i think like after the act one turning break after the midpoint and then right at the beginning beginning of like 
Act Three, maybe something like that. But it's very like well structured. It's a, I love it. I think like yeah, I think it should be like this is again this is a movie that if I taught screenwriting, I would hundred percent show people this movie because it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. I love it. I think I think it's a perfect film. Yeah. But yeah, with that said, we'll end this first half of the podcast. And uh, please join us back uh, on the back end when we discuss um, Total Recall. Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. I'm stoked. Man, I'm fucking stoked to talk to Schwarzenegger. See you on the other side. second half of the pod we're talking Verhoeven we're talking Schwarzenegger we're talking Sharon Stone Michael Ironside Brian Roddy Cox um we're talking Total Recall 1990 Paul Verhoeven obviously uh so this was the movie that like I said that kind of inspired it all because I know you hadn't seen it and I was like man good like because in my mind like I said I'm like man if you like Robocop like this film it's it's filled with so many like memorable lines characters moments scenes like this to me like I, I keep saying it's a, it's a movie with a capital M like this movie is like like I would like I man if I could go to the movies and see this now I would feel so fulfilled right like it's just it's a great movie to me uh, it's another five stars for me I'll just say it um I love this movie I'm dying to know, Matt, what did you think of Total Recall? Uh, yeah, before I completely get into what I think, I, I do have to say, it was funny, and I think I said this last episode, it's funny because I've seen the original Robocop, and I've seen the Total Recall remake, right? So I had like a free movie voucher or something, and I was like, when I was younger, I was like, yeah. I'll go see this movie that I've never seen before, you know, like the remake yeah. of this movie. Um. Remake's kind of trash. It doesn't have Colin Farrell in it, so that's you know. Yeah, good. but it's, it sucks for this, all the reasons we said the Robocop remake sucks. It's just like sanitized. It's, it's by the the guy who. Um, it's by the the guy who married Kate Beckinsale, right? Mm-hmm. And she's in the Underworld. Yeah, it's by that guy. So that's that's mainly why I want to go see it because I actually like the Underworld movies. Okay. Um, but yeah. Anyway, long story long. Uh, yeah, Total Recall, the original. Never saw it. Uh, saw it. I actually did the double feature in reverse order. I did Total Recall, then Robocop. But okay. uh, loved it. I, I actually like this. I actually liked Total Recall more than Robocop on, on this viewing. So like, oh, cool. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I, I thought it was very fun. Um, like we said, you know, it's, it's got a lot to say, but it's, re- it's really fun. It's, it's a, you know, I've seen... I've seen a lot of the, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the the special effects and stuff. Like, yeah, there's documentaries about like movies in the eighties, and I, I remember like them talking about like specifically special effects in movies, like crazy ones. And I remember the the old lady disguise special effect, yeah. like not old lady, but just like the the bigger lady disguise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coming out two weeks, two weeks, that lady. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> them talking about how they did it. Um, it's incredible. I want every single action hero who's like 
a big buff man to fire, you know, like assault rifles one handed. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really cool that he just never uses two hands. He's just, he's always like, even, like even in predator, he's like firing it with two hands, you know, and this one, he's just like, no, yeah. I'm going to shoot it one handed. Yeah, he'll have, like, a Thompson submachine gun in one hand, and they'll have, like, a fucking AK in the other. And, like, again, if you know anything about guns, you'll know that's fucking impossible to do. Uh, and if you do it, you're just going to, like, shoot randomly. You're just not going to shoot anything. You're just going to probably shoot yourself. Um, but, yeah, no, but, like, on in, it doesn't matter, right? It's, like, the hackers thing, which I think yeah. we're going to do in the pot soon. But, yeah, it's, like, it doesn't matter. It looks cool. It fucking looks cool on in a movie. That's what matters most, most importantly, in a movie. Yeah, dude, and... Oh my God, Sharon Stone is just you know Jesus, right? Yeah. We we respect we respect you know our, our lady compatriots' um, contributions to the cinematic arts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Very, yeah, yeah. She's she's literally the hottest a girl has ever looked. I would say in the world. Yeah, like in like, history. Like, like yeah, like yeah, all time. Like she's the hottest wow. person has ever looked ever in the like the eighties yeah. like yoga pant thing. Oh my God. It's incredible. Yeah, it's a movie, man. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you liked it because, like I said, I I would have freaked out if you hated it. Because yeah, like I said, it's it's just fun. Like, um, I was gonna say this with RoboCop. Like, I watched the special features on the Blu-ray, and um, you know, there was just like this like level of talent, work, and like and craft that went into making these things. Like, they weren't just like, oh yeah, I'll just open up a, you know, I'll just open up some software and like you know sculpt it uh digitally or whatever it was like it was like you know like like with ed 209 they made the original maquette like after they sketched out the design the first like 3d model was a maquette they made with like fucking like house foam and toothpicks and it like yet like they still have the maquette and it looks amazing like either you know like it's still like i said because there was just this level of craft and stuff and this is another movie like that where like you watch it and you're like oh these people put a lot of time and effort and heart and like they wanted it to look as good as possible you know and even even in parts where me it looks a little bit dated i still think Holds up better yeah. around long enough that we can see that like sometimes it ages just as badly, you know, as um just as or way worse in, in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, um, I have to say also, like, um, I really, I really uh kind of identify with Arnold Schwarzenegger in this movie because much like him, I also have weird fucked up dreams where for some reason I'm on Mars and head starts popping, you know? It's like <laughs> you can't really explain why that's happening. It's like it's why are you so preoccupied with Mars? You know, it's like, well because yeah. uh I keep having this dream about me dying there, you know? It's very like, Yeah. Why why are you why are you so preoccupied with like rats crawling all over you? It's like, oh yeah, I just had this forty thousand <laughs> dreams about this, you know, one thing. That's terrifying. Um, yeah he's also inexplicably like it's so funny because he like this is a movie so, so one of the biggest problems with like movies in general is like they don't understand that like action heroes like who are the biggest guys ever can't be like normal guys you know yeah so, yeah like, yeah in this movie he's like a super spy you know and it's like it makes complete sense that he's a super spy um because well, he's like a man mountain 
And he's like yeah. knocking dudes out with one punch. It's like, oh yeah, that guy would knock a guy out with one punch. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Because like to quickly summarize the plot, basically uh, it takes place in the future. There's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a construction worker who is obsessed with going to Mars. This is a time when people are colonizing Mars. Um, but he can't go because his wife hates it. So instead he goes to this place called Recall where they implant you with fake memories to make you feel as if you'd done the thing you want to do without actually having done it, right? And in the story of the film, like, he picks, he wants to be a secret agent and go on Mars and meet a woman who looks exactly like the woman he ends up meeting. Uh, and the, he, the, the guy who's, like, loading him into the machine even says something like, oh, blue skies on Mars, that's a new one. So, like, and then it, quote-unquote, breaks, and it go, he goes... He escapes, and it turns out, oh, actually, he really is a super spy, and um, they've erased his memory. And then later on, on some guy shows up, like, you're still in the chair. Um, and so it's, like, it's ambiguous. It, it, you know, in the end, like, he's, like, I have a scary feeling that maybe this is still a dream because it's, like, not clear if, like, he, if he really is a super spy or if this really is part of the recall programming, right? <clears throat> and it's left ambiguous and it's kind of left for you to decide. But I have a theory about that. But I wanna I wanna get your thoughts on it first. Uh, so I do have to say this. I kind of um I kind of think that in the movie it's less ambiguous than than everyone has told me it it you know yeah, it yeah. was. Because there's like a lot of people who are like, wait, is he in like in recall? It's like I absolutely do not think so. I think it's like actually happened um really even even though every plot point matches up specifically with the recall uh program down to the um down to the blue skies on mars because like well there's a part there's a part in the movie so like in the it's a little more i think it's a little more ambiguous in like the uh the remake but like in the original there's a plot where he's like the guy comes in he's like i'm you know, I'm your I'm I'm your only way out of here, right? And they yeah. start freaking out about him shooting him in the head, and then he shoots the guy in the head. Like the guy starts sweating, and he shoots the guy in the head because he recognizes his bluff. And then his wife's like, "You fucking idiot!" And then starts attacking mm -hmm. him. I'm like, there's no way. Like his wife, his wife said that she's there for, uh, you know, essentially to to. Well, no, but 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 her her being her being um, uh, part of the bad guys and actually Michael Ironside's wife and her being a bad guy—that's all part of the program. But when she comes in and says, "I'm I'm honey, I'm here to help you," she's, she's trying to trick. She's trying to trick him, and then he shoots the guy in the head, and then she immediately reverts to "You fucking idiot!" Like, and well, but she wouldn't even. But in the story of the world, that makes sense because if he's a super spy, then How's she actually <clears throat> no, <clears throat> yeah. But I'm saying that makes sense in the story of the like fake dream. I completely disagree. It doesn't mm. make sense at all because because he. Well, but then what's the point? He... What's the point of what's the point of even going to recall? Like, what's the point in having this thing of like a fake memory if the whole movie is out? Because then the movie's just about a guy who's a super spy from Mars. And then, yeah. it, like, so then Total Recall has no, it's like, it, it, it doesn't it even has, no, but it doesn't have anything to do with the premise of the 
film. Like it's, it's just like a it, it makes everything it makes the whole point of the film pointless. So that's why I think I think it's very clear that it it's whole, part of the why is it like the, 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 the woman point film pointless. I completely because disagree with that because because a, a a movie a movie that is <sighs> nothing but a dream is pointless. Well, no, no, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, but. I'm saying, like, because then what's the point of even having the setup of Recall if he's just a spy? I mean, like, the woman that they show him on the screen of, like, before he gets into his dream is literally the same that he meets, right? I have a theory. I think, I think they're both yeah, wrong. I, I have a theory. Can, can, I, can I explain? Because I think, actually, both of those readings are wrong. Um, sure. Because the... Um, <clears throat> okay, so my thing is... Because, I, I, like I said, I do think... You, like, when I was younger, I always thought it was real because I wanted it to be real. But then as an adult, I was like, you know, I mean, it is, it's funner. It, it's clearly not clear, right? Because we have different views on it. And being ambiguous and being that you can argue about it is what makes it fun, right? I think that's what makes it like a long lasting film, right? Because otherwise, like uh, with Blade Runner, right? Like the original one was way more ambiguous. So people like talked about it. And then when Ridley Scott tried to make it a definite ending, it made it less fun, right? Because there's nothing to argue about. Um, yeah. But I think the thing is, so people who think it's all a dream or people who think it's all part of Recall assume that the recall starts whenever he goes into the machine, right? In, in the first 30 minutes, the first act break or whatever. Uh, I think that's wrong. I think the entire thing, including before that, including like, I don't think, I don't think we ever actually see the quote unquote real world in this film. Right. Uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Like I said, Ooh, hear me out. Cause bad. like I said, I think like, I agree that you're right in some aspects, but I agree that you think I'm wrong in some aspects. And this is how I, this is how I coincide it. Right. This is how I, uh, like bring it together is that like so essentially i think like there is no real like whoever the guy in the real world quote-unquote real world who's dreaming this i don't think that he even looks like arnold schwarzenegger i think arnold schwarzenegger is literally the avatar that like you get um when you decide to go into the world as a special agent and then so that way because then you know the movie ends with the beginning right it ends with that same scene of him on mars because that's the only thing that explains him having the memory of mars at the beginning is if it's like because that way you you view it as like a closed loop right so like the movie ends and then the next scene of the ending of the movie would be him waking up so the movie just kind of continues on this loop forever um so i think it's like a closed loop system and i think that like the whole thing is the like because they say something about like it being like two weeks full of memories so i think the whole thing we see it's not two weeks or whatever but i think that whole thing or maybe it is with the trip to mars or whatever but um I think that whole thing is like the whole program. And I don't even think we see the real world. I don't even think people are colonizing Mars in the quote unquote real world. But that's my crazy. Uh, that's my crazy. They do, they like, do say uh, like you can, we can even include aliens in the package. And there's no, yeah, there's, no well, there's no aliens, but there's mutants, you know? Yeah. And, and there's a point where he says, um, where Ronnie Cox tells him, your whole life is a dream. And that to me, I mean, he said he's talking about something else. But to me, if you think about it as, uh, oh, this guy doesn't even exist. He's literally just the avatar who exists in this world on this like in this like program. Then, oh, yeah, literally his whole life is a dream because he's just the dream person. He's just the avatar. That's my crazy. That's my crazy theory. I don't know if that's anyone's ever put that forth. 
but uh yeah i mean this this movie's been around forever so i'm assuming you know yeah. someone might have accidentally ran into that i i, 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 didn't, I didn't look it up like because i didn't want to like copy i'm sorry like i i i thought that was really interesting what you said about the most interesting you said was like the arnold schwarzenegger like being an avatar thing yeah because it's like yeah he's he's impossibly like like, like we said, he's, he's a construction worker. Do you, like, yeah, like, doesn't that seem like part of a fantasy thing? Like, oh, he's a construction worker and his wife is sh- the hottest woman who's ever lived. And he he's bones, Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger. He, he bones Sharon Stone and then, like, has to kill her for, like, a brunette. Mm. Yeah, it's, like, very much a, you're right, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a fantasy thing. Yeah. It, like, it, I, it, I think it's just, like, I think, personally, like, the reason why I said it was like less ambiguous than people led me to believe is there's a there's a lot of like even though there's there's kind of like um misdirects of like like you said the girl that he meets is literally the girl on the screen yeah um I well think that's the all, thing is i is i, I do agree with you like, but the only thing that ha- oh go ahead i think it's all levels of control like i, I yeah, think yeah, like yeah. i think everything like it's all orchestrated to get because like remember in the end when he's mm-hmm. like the, the main bad guy is like you were actually like the perfect double agent, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, 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 I guess triple agent at this point. Cause like yeah. you're, you're on Mars, like working. Cause he, he had, he, he lived on Mars, right? Yeah. And then they were trying to, they tried to send double agents to kill the mutant leader mm-hmm. and he couldn't kill, like no one could, could get in because they would, their psychics could screen them. So they had yeah. a guy who wiped the memory. So the whole plan is like, they want him secretly to get to Mars, right? Yeah, they they they, they wipe so, his memory, and they like so, when when he wakes up, they try to convince him that he was a part of the resistance, so that he can lead them to Quato. Well, they show him that video of of him being like, "Hey, buddy, if you're listening to this, yeah. you know, like we did it. We've actually killed Quato. Yeah. We've done it. It you is know? me. I'm um, so glad you are friends now. Yeah, yeah." Hey, yeah, maybe it, you'd meet me in the dream. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's that. Um, so I think, like, I think specifically, like, the I, I think even recall is a is a, a method of trying to get him to Mars. I, like, mm. I think I think recall's in on it, even though they're like kind of shocked. They're like, we don't know what's happening. It's like mm. someone put her in the computer. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what's happening. That's why, and, and like, I have a very, I'm very biased though, because yeah. I have a very like averse reaction to it. was all a dream. I fucking hate yeah, that. Yeah. I think it's shitty storytelling. Well, like, yeah, but, like, yeah, yeah. I do like that they make it kind of like pretty ambiguous, you yeah. know, that way you can, it leaves room for interpretation. But I think it's like, I don't know. I found it very clear that it, it was real. It was all this like elaborate ploy to try and get him to, to kind of like cooperate or not cooperate to, to try and get him to kill Quato. And then no, like I said, it, I, yeah, because think about it this way. It really like they were successful. They did kill Quato. Yeah. Yeah. But they also, he, but, but he gave the people but, the air, but here's what I'm saying. So they kill Quato. Right. And then, um, Quaid, the personality is so like they don't re- I think they don't realize that Quaid is probably like wanting to live, you know, because mm. they even like make fun of him. They're like, Oh, like, you know, sorry, but it's, you're on borrowed time, you know? Mm. 
he is a different person fundamentally than yeah. um, his ex-self. And I think the ex-self and, and also the leader... Quaid and Housing. Yeah. I think they're both... Um, they both don't think Quaid's going to fight back because he is, like I said, a construction worker, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, no, so, yeah, something like I, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like I said, I feel like, um, uh, like I said, I don't think just the recall stuff is, like, I think the whole movie, I think every second of it is a quote unquote dream, right? And people, I mean, like, it's a movie, right? It is literally just a dream. It's not even yeah. real, like, you know what I mean? It it's is, dream. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it like, but to me, like, seeing the whole thing. Um, every second of it is part of the program or the dream or whatever makes it less cheap. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, well then that's just the movie, right? It's just like I said. I feel like this is the two weeks. Like we're we're experiencing the two weeks. And... It's also good. I think too. Like I guess the difference between that and like it is all in recall or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I guess the difference between that and like the the breaking point of the movie is when he goes to recall. Is like if the breaking point is when he goes to recall. Oh, it's like, okay, whatever. So we did his, you know, his wife play out, like, his yeah. shitty wife play out. But, like, I think maybe your theory has more interesting things about it because, like, at the end, when he's like, but I'm kind of afraid that this is a dream. And she, I think, I don't remember her name, but the, the, the girl, the, the main resistance girl, Alina, she's Alina, like, yeah. she's like, does it matter? Like, who cares? You know. <laughs> so I think that's like kind of a yeah, yeah, a, a very like indication. You could say that about life, right? Like, if you yeah, if you go it's like if you die, it's you like can't the matrix, right? Like, is it if if we're living in a simulation or not the matrix, but you know, if we're living in a simulation, yeah, like what we're experiencing is it any less real than than real life? No, not really, because we we are experiencing it in the way that you know it is real. Um, I just think. uh like I said, I just have such a, I don't know, such a negative reaction towards mm-hmm. it was all a dream stories. Or, you know, it also, like, it, that yeah. those bug me, and then the other thing that really bugs me is the, uh, hey, this is X character here talking from the grave. <laughs> like, you want to know how I got here? It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I understand, dude. I totally get it. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's that's why I have this new theory, right? Because, like, um, it didn't sit right with me. Like, I definitely don't think that it's real up until recall, right? I either think it's all real or it's all fake, right? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm more inclined to agree with you, like I said, because I, yeah, I agree with a lot of your points. You know, it's like I do, like I don't think it's that cheap. Like I said, but I, I just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's like I said, it's 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 interesting to think about. It's a, it's a more interesting way of thinking of the movie, right? Because then it's like, um this whole like idea of like a fabricated reality like the movie is called total recall right so like it's like total recall of a fake memory and it's kind of like the ironic thing it's like because they say in the movie that total recall is like total recall of like the real world but the reality is like it's total recall of a fake real world and I don't know, maybe I smoke too much weed or something, but I think <laughs> I think that like makes sense, right? Because that that's what I meant. Like I I know what you mean, like by it's all a dream, but I mean like because then, but then what's the point of them going to recall if like if it's like I yeah, guess if it's, it's just, if like, it's that if it's that cut and dry, I mean it's 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 like it's fun, 
as a movie, but if it's that cut yeah, and dry, yeah. it's worthless. Like, you know? Well, I just think, I did, I think they would have called it something else. That's what I, that, that's the only reason I mean, that's what I was talking about. Like, cause like, why would they call it total recall? Right. Like I, I'm just trying to figure that out. I mean, maybe it's, it's less, like, what's interesting though, is the movie is not really that, that concerned with, yeah. With it, that, you know, it like that's matter, the thing yeah. is like the original or sorry, the remake is very much concerned with like, is it fake or is it real? You know? Yeah. But like, the original isn't concerned at all. Like it literally, like yeah. The only time you you question it is when they try and trick him again, mm-hmm. right? With the the I'm, I'm an admin sent to to get you out, you know, and your wife's here, yeah. and then and then you go through like the entire like Quado triple agent thing, and then it, it at the very end there's a passing line. What if this is still a dream? I'm still I'm worried yeah. if this is still a dream, and she's like, "Well, kiss me before you wake up." It, anyway, it, 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 like I yeah, said, it's such a perfect ending. Yeah, it's great. It's it, you know that's that's another thing. It's 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 great because it's like, oh, what if it's all a dream? He's she's like, well, fuck it, mm. kiss me. You know, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, it says like, oh, who cares, right? Because that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like life, right? Because like, okay, well, if we get unplugged for the simulation or if we die, how's that any different, right? Like, we can't take any of this shit with us anyway. So like, what's the difference? You know, like. It feels very real to life to me in that way. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, though. I mean, it's like the action's great. Um, like I said, I knew about this movie um, before. Because, uh, like, it, it's one of those movies that, like, you know, like Robocop permeates culture in a way yeah. that, like, when, when you watch, like, a, a, like a, a 80s movie um, featurette about, like, special effects, like, this movie's in there. Like, I remember seeing oh, yeah. them talking about the, the two weeks girl, you know? So. Yeah, that's a great bit. Um, the whole like sticking the thing up his nose to get the thing, out. The, the, you know, um, yeah, when he like sticks the thing up his nose to get the tracker out or whatever. And there's like the great thing with like the rat, you know, kind of like walking around with it or um, yeah. yeah, there's just like a lot of great little moments. Um, there's obviously we haven't talked about her, but I know we have to the three titted alien i hope you like that i hope that was a cool part for you i know you know she's not an alien dude come on she's a mutant, oh, mutant. sorry mm-hmm. yeah. well i have this secret i again i have another theory that the mutants are actually they're mutants because they're mixed with alien dna because there are aliens in this movie yeah because so the, like, the, the aliens the aliens have like, like same handprint as the mutants right did we ever say like what the like I guess the the main the main crux like if it's all real then the main crux of the story yeah is- the the for the uh, war on Mars or whatever yeah so also the funny like the most I've laughed in a movie in a long time was during this movie <laughs> when they're like <laughs> there's the again Paul Verhoeven with the newscast is great it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> they're like we're standing out here on Mars you know he's watching uh, Quaid <laughs> yeah. Like we're standing here on on Mars, where um, the dim- like the 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 terrorists are, are attacking, but the the <laughs> the what you call it company or whatever the the yeah. police are trying to like you know <laughs> peacefully stop it. And it's a bunch of like <laughs> jack booted like nameless thugs just blowing like, yeah. machine guns and blowing <laughs> shit up, dude. It was so yeah. funny. I started laughing 
it made me like oh man dude it, it made me laugh so much i'm just like this is so funny they're like they're trying to peacefully style da, 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 like the guys with <laughs> yeah. fucking guns and blown up. <laughs> yeah it's very real it feels like something you'd see on cnn and shit uh, it's incredible dude yeah and there's like i because there's like this whole thing of like colonizing Mars, and then there's like a gorilla thing because uh, he's basically Cohagen, uh, the main bad guy, Ronnie Cox. He's like uh, monopolized air on Mars, or basically, yeah. Like, yeah, he like he he's charging people more for air, which like okay, I, not not to nitpick, but I just you know, I mean, like the controlling of the air is the bad thing, right? But like I don't know, people don't need like like you don't. You don't need more air, right? Like you just you need just enough. Like, well, the thing is, like they're killing, they're killing. They're yeah. killing. That's the whole yeah. thing. Is like it's like it's very racially or not racial. You know what I mean? It's very yeah. charged in that like it's it's uh the mutant population is the one that's um taking the brunt because they're the poor because like no one wants to to be around mutants so they're taking the you know they're not giving them the air well, they're they're charging it more for air. You know? Yeah, well, it's because they, they're very specific to say mutants, right? Because they're like, oh, these people, the basically the dome didn't protect them from the sun's rays, which again, not to like be Neil deGrasse Tyson, but Mars is actually way further away from Earth than the sun. So the who cares? Who cares? You know, I'm just saying, I'm just, I know, I know, nerd, again, again, I just, <laughs> I just, I just had to say it. I just, no, but yeah, yeah. anyway. Anyway, go ahead. No, I know. I just, I just want to make you mad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no. Uh, but anyway. So, um, but they do say that aliens built the reactor inside Mars, right? <laughs> so many people are going to be mad at me for saying that shit. I don't even care. It's so funny to me. It's um, not. I know you're not being serious. I know you're joking. Yeah, no, if they're mad, you can come at me too. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Yeah, no, it's funny. But anyway, so but it's it's cool because like um he says that aliens built the reactor and there's a very much like an alien handprint on the thing that activates the reactor but and yeah. the cool thing is that it matches up with uh you know the taxi driver reveals himself to be a mutant and he has this three-pronged arm so it's like it's something you have to piece together but basically there's a connection between the mutants and the aliens so i think because they say that people are mutants because the dome didn't protect them from the uv rays and they didn't get enough air but i think that's actually a cover-up i think the true reality is that like they made it with aliens and that's what because they, they have alien features basically right it's not necessarily well, the, the aliens the aliens died on mars a long time before the they say that they died a long time before yeah like earth got there right so what i'm thinking is maybe the maybe the mars environment changes whatever race mm -hmm. goes there you That's know true. yeah i'm thinking true. maybe it's like that maybe it's maybe the like you said the, like the rays or whatever kind of that's a good more, theory yeah more human because like not all the mutants have that three you know what I yeah mean? that's true yeah um yeah and mutants are also psychic uh hank from breaking bad shows up in this movie he plays the one-eyed mutant um the guy who's like you gotta let a nerve show on your face around here that's hank from breaking bad oh cool um, i didn't recognize him seriously. yeah yeah uh, that's what yeah Walt, walter's brother-in-law um did i mention the three-titted alien i'm just kidding that's actually real that's not uh special effects it's just a real person um 
that's also another thing that they weirdly mention on those. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what this yeah. movie's most famous for is three times mutant girl. It's like, <laughs> he's like, I wish I had three hands. She's like, I think you're doing fine with two. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, but he needs three. She's like, she's like, leave me alone, please, Jesus Christ. Um, Quato looks really cool. I think he's. I think, like, like well, fuck I, 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 <laughs> he's a fucked up little guy who's growing out of another man's abdomen. Um, he's a he's so fucking cool though. I just it's like Edito and I. It's one of the things that just fascinates me. Uh, it's very like Cronenberg, you know, body horror. Yeah, he can like grab onto people, and he's like, "Let me into your mind." <laughs> His voice is so funny, right? Because like. He's this basically this like tiny little guy who's growing out of another man's abdomen, and uh, but he sounds. He can like, take uh, over his body dogs. too. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, pretty but fucked. Yeah, he, he's like, let me see into your past. Yeah, he like he's very like uh yeah like she he has like a Shakespearean voice, you know. But he's like this little mutant thing. It's very funny. Um, I don't know. I think yeah, I think Spoo's hilarious. Uh. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah, there's so many like just memorable parts. Um There's a so me and my uh one of one of my friends uh higher uh we used to always talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor and how inherently like when he's in something like he should have been in like more I don't know, he's probably in a lot of cars. Like in, in our opinion, we should have seen more of him as an actor because he's just like mm. He's very quotable, right? Just always like, get yeah. down, get to the chopper, you know, like just go egg and you have what you want, give the people the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's just constantly yelling in this movie, just get down, you know. Yeah, he rocks, dude. Yeah, it's incredible, right? He's 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 one of uh he's one of our uh, <laughs> even though he's foreign, he's one of our national treasures. Yeah, he's a hundred percent American made, dude. <laughs> like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, um I still you know, every 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 time I'm at the gym and I like, you know, yeah. ostensibly movie flex double features we talk about, you know, going yeah. to the gym and shit. Every time I get the pump, I just think the pump. I just think yeah. of like it's like I'm coming, you know? It's like and I am it, coming. <laughs> There's a famous there it's not really a famous video, but I shared it with you. Um where like the Hollywood Reporter interviews him, and they interviewed him about uh, a line he says in um, the the big documentary that made him famous, or whatever. The oh. original, yeah. Um, don't know why I can't think of it at the point. But anyway, um, pumping it. iron, pump, pumping iron, right? Yeah, pumping iron. Yeah. Okay. So there's a scene where he says like milk is for babies, and he explains that the reason he says that is because when he would work out in uh, Austria. He would drink beer all day while he because their their gym was right below a bar, so they would just get like pitchers of beer and drink them all day and work out. Um, oh yeah, and so he says like, uh, "Beer is for men, milk is for babies." And I and, like I always, well, you know, I mean, I always, yeah, yeah, because at the time they were interviewing him, like when when like especially when pumping iron was, you know, mm. came out. Like there was this big bodybuilder, like if you drink milk, your bones and muscles will be big and strong, right? Like, that was the idea, right? And he's like, no, it's for babies. You know, it's, it's for babies, yeah, yeah. It's for babies. You need, to, you need to drink more beer. <laughs> I would argue this is, like, peak Arnold. Oh, it's absolutely peak Arnold. Yeah, it's like this in Predator, right? Yeah, well, this, yeah, Predator is, like, three years before. Um, I think 
the thing the difference with this movie is like they let him do his fun little things right because that's a thing that's the thing about arnold that i think separates him from stallone um is that like because stallone tried doing comedy and he like failed right but like arnold is he's at his best when you let him do his fun little things like you know what i mean like um uh in this you know like dressing up like the lady or Sticking the thing in his nose, you know they have like that scene where like he like has like tears briefcase away from the woman, you know, like you know how he has like a head wrap or whatever. Like they let him do his fun little things, you know. And Arnold's cool when you let him have fun. No, oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's very he's the coolest when you let him have fun. To be honest, yeah, you know, he's very, he's he, needs, funny. he needs to he needs like room to like he. Like you say, he's, he's a great he's a great comedic actor because of like the inherent like silliness or whatever of mm. like Arnold Schwarzenegger being like literally anybody but Schwarzenegger is just insane, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like he's either like a military guy, you know, which is like also you know no military guy ever has looked like that. Yeah, <laughs> he's such a unique looking and sounding individual that like his 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 roles have to be super spy funny guy you know that, yeah. that's like his peak peak like you said peak arm i am um, i'm just gonna call it i'm assuming that we're gonna have a episode for when people travel for christmas we're gonna have a christmas double feature uh i don't know what it's gonna be but i'm just gonna say i think one of those movies is gonna be jingle all the way I, a very a very important movie for both you and we have to do this movie this year yeah for christmas it's very we important both- for movie flex we we yeah we're both this is not like a bit or anything this is genuinely a big movie for both of us like we genuinely yeah. are both that very personal really yeah I love Arnold dude I love I just love him dude I I like unabashedly think he is awesome like he's you know, he's one of the he's one of the the movie stars man I mean like he really like he yeah. really is he's one of our and again like even though he's foreign he's he's very much American in that in that way he, he started a lot of Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. And he's he is you know we've kind of claimed Arnold Schwarzenegger like regardless of what you think of him personally like he's he's a he's a star. I mean come on like there's very few you know like there's very few stars he's, like he's like the movie star I would say like he's not you know like people talk about like Dwayne Johnson I guess could be like mm-hmm. you know kind of like our like modern day but he's no Arnold Schwarzenegger like there's no there's no, no. body besides Arnold you know that is Arnold. No, no. And it, like him and Cruz are like the guy. Like when people say movie stars, I think him and Tom Cruise. Like for sure. Maybe Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington as well. But like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, like yeah. Arnold's just the man, dude. He's he's awesome. He's fun. He's cool. Be <laughs> more people. He rules should... in this movie. Like I said, it's like yeah. It's a it's a it's a a filmmaker who knows that like this guy's insane, right? Because like I mean, when they like carry him into like at the end. Where he's like gonna get new memories or whatever, and they they're trying to strap him down. There's there's like seven fucking guys carrying him because like yeah yeah you can't like they're, they're, you need like seven jackbooted thugs to hold him down, you know? Because he's so massive, he can just like knock out these guys in one punch. Yeah, I know he's yeah he's uh, he's the Ubermensch man. He's awesome. No, he, he really he's fucking sick, dude. Too like I, like I, I think yeah, you know yeah. even though we you know. Uh, as much as uh, people might have heard earlier, like us, you know, talking about like our interpretations of it. Um, at the end of the day, it's just fucking sick. It's you know, oh, yeah, it's just a fun movie. People getting thrown around, people get punched in the face, people getting shot. The whole um, 
the stuff they did with the uh like x-ray um oh incredible yeah the way they did it was very like um tedious like they like hand animated it it's very impressive the way they did that um and i think it showed like i think doing stuff for real i think it just i don't know it, it, it like like again it, it, even if it doesn't necessarily age like like again we, we've said you know cgi age is bad as well so you can't necessarily hold that against it but i think that like again it, it adds a certain level of value to the film because it feels like people put craft and um artistry and yeah. you know they, they, they like made a movie like right like it felt like like it's it's the difference between like a watch and a digital clock kind of right like yeah just, for sure. feels like you made something it's it's craftsmanship you know yeah it's it's like like we said you know it's very much like you can be a craftsman with cgi you know but also like mm-hmm. cgi is the the compromise of a, of a tighter schedule you know yeah to... people do it because generally because it's cheaper and quicker yeah, of course. Because it looks better, generally. But, uh, yeah, do you have any final thoughts on Total Recall? Um, I, oh, yeah, I want to mention Jerry Goldsmith did, uh, does the soundtrack. Uh, he's famous. He for doing he did uh, Planet of the Apes, Chinatown, Alien, The Omen. Um, he's a king. He's amazing. Uh, the score, like I said, yeah, the score is really great. Um, like I said, I'm just really glad you liked it because it is just like like i said it's just a fucking fun movie like i man if we got like one of these movies every year that was this good that like i said because it doesn't like i think the big difference between these movies and their remakes is that like i said the remakes are drab sanitized gray they beat you over the head with the theme they don't like you know they're just not fun like they don't do all the fun colorful stuff like like total recall is a very colorful film you know and it, it but it's not like in like a annoying way it's like it's very like organically like there's just you know the greens and the reds of mars and like i don't know it's cool it's very like i just like i said these movies make make me very like wistful for like another time because i just man it, you know i mean like whatever i hate to say it but like if marvel movies did that did it like this you know like um they put this like level of craftsmanship and like care and de- you know attention to detail to like making something feel real right not necessarily the cheapest quickest easiest way to do something like what what like what like this movie just feels real to me right even though it's obviously like there's a a lot of the stuff on mars is like miniature work right yeah um, mm-hmm. that's something we didn't talk about there's a lot oh uh, robocop is full of matte paintings um yep. that's like a big like and and um all of the effects, all the map, all the map painting stuff for RoboCop at least was done in camera, right? So, yeah, which is like incredible. And um, they talk about they talk about you know it takes a few takes like four to six tests to get it right. But yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I just you know these movies, like I said, they're like I don't want to like make anybody fucking like try to be like depressed over these movies. But like I said, I just because every at the end of the day, at the end of the day the day they're just very like fun movies that i just enjoy a lot but like i said there is like a deeper side to them if you want to get into it there is like stuff that they represent like i said i just get really wistful because like you know i think like we you know we both love top gun and that 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 feels like the only thing that from this year that's like close to 
these kinds of movies, but even then it's very different, you know? Like, like, ah, oh, man, like, I just, you know, I wish, you just wish people, like, wanted to have fun, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, that's the thing is, like, um, you know, I, I kind of told you, I was like, I've been watching more movies from mm-hmm. the 80s recently because I, I was very much, like, yo, like, people who say, like, movies used to be better, right, like, blockbusters mm-hmm. and everything so used to be better were, like, n- just nostalgic, right? Like, it was kind of, like, yeah, these these people were, were kind of waxing poetic about whatever, like, movies are, you know, like, and then That's you just go, point. oh, movies are fun, they're still good. But, you know, I, I've been, since I've been watching movies from that time period, no, I... I completely understand the sentiment because i didn't grow up in that time but like yeah you know we didn't grow up in that time but like it's also like these movies are incredible like they're fun they're inventive you know like practical effects are really i mean they're good you know what i mean like yeah you they're can not like factory about, made you can joke about them all night long but they're not a conveyor belt marvel movie you know, it's not like a yeah, fucking exactly. like Thor: Love and Thunder that looks like the worst piece of shit you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Man, it's, it, yeah, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not a movie made by committee. I literally just saw a fucking uh, Instagram by Taika Waititi where he was saying like, if you don't support Love and Thor: Love and Thunder, you don't support independent filmmaking, which is like insane. Because we should say, uh, not to like date the podcast, but this is the same week. I'm sure you saw it. There was like a thread that went viral where like it was someone who started out talking about how. Uh, uh, filmmaking filmmaking is really hard for the little guy and uh the thread somehow ended with um oh but disney is amazing i love disney uh disney's great uh you know they 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 love true art and real artists and real yeah I, I sent you i sent you the uh i sent you the uh the joke i said the call is coming from inside the house right? <laughs> like hey, like obviously hey fucker I'm, i saw what just you tweeted on the goddamn tl <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Ma- Mickey is fucking calling you, threatening to break your legs, dude. Fuck the. Yeah, it's it's insane. Like, but like I said, these movies are not these movies are not cucked at all. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like Paul Verhoeven's vision, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can see clear, like inspir, like like a clear through line from like mm-hmm. you know RoboCop to Total Recall to to you know, um, Starship Troopers, like, they're all, like, you know, older movies that are just, like, I don't know how, like, they're just incredible. They're fun, you know? It's, like, that's something that, like, Jesus Christ, like, I know this is bad, but, like, I wish more movies were fun, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's what, that's what I've been saying, yeah, the whole time is, like, was like that's what i asked at the beginning of the pod like our movie is fun and i think you're right i, I don't think they are as fun and it's like because the thing is like you said like 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 i didn't want to be annoying and talk just all about like the politics and the themes of these movies but they are very thick and they're very deep and they're there right like there's a lot of material in this movie there's a lot of stuff to dig your hands into but at the same time none of that matt like that's great, right? But like you could literally not care or like know about any of that and you could still love these movies just because they're fun, right? And I think that's like such a rare mix. Like these movies do such a good job of hiding their themes, of disguising their messages, right? That's ultimately what it is, right? Like they disguise their messages in fun, right? They like 
Verhoeven has something to say, but he doesn't just like outright say it. Instead, he like makes a movie and he like you know like it's so smart. I don't know. I think I don't think these movies get credit for how smart they are because like I said, the these movies are way better than like I said than like you were talking about like some uh, elevated horror shit that like just beats you over the head with what it's about or some like fucking Disney movie where it's like oh get it we all get along everything's great right that's just. This is a fucking yeah. real movie, man. Yeah. Yeah, these are these are movies that like ostensible like here's the thing, right? These are movies that I don't know about Robocop necessarily, but these are movies that like kids have watched, right? A lot um, of kids like I said, me a lot of kids watched Robocop in the nineties. Right. I can tell you that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like these are movies like that kids have watched, but Robocop and Total Recall aren't like aren't movies like they're not movies made for man children right like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Movie, like you either get like the a24 independent like deep thought provoking cinema or you get like movies made for man children which i think is yeah a big you, get the, you get the so uh we had, we had kind of a debate in the group chat the other day even though like you know um the person who shall not be named uh was likes top gun maverick they were saying it's made for, I disagree. I don't think it's made for kids. Like I don't think it's made for you know. It's not like blood, and, like being blood and guts and whatever. Doesn't have to be yeah, a kid. Like if if you don't have, it's fine to to not have that. Be PG thirteen and not be a kids. It's not a kids movie. You know. It's like if you looked around, you saw like at that showing, you saw like you know sixty to eighty five year olds. You know. They came out in droves to see Top Gun, yeah. and that's that's like, you know, they, it's, they it's love weird. violence though, dude. People in their seventies, they grew up watching like the most violent shit in the world. You know what I mean? Like they love violence. They, they what, grew I'm saying, what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is like, just because of, like a kid can watch the movie doesn't mean they, like the movies are made mm. for kids. But like, exactly, Mar- yeah. Marvel movies aren't even made for kids. Like Marvel, Disney. Pixar or whatever, they're not made for kids, they're made for man children, you know? Man kids, yeah. Yeah. And 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 the thing is like when you see Top Gun or, or sorry, not Top Gun, but when you see like Robocop or when you see like um Total Recall, even though like a lot of kids like these movies yeah, or yeah, whatever, yeah. they're not kids' movies. <laughs> they're like oh, they yeah, got, they've got yeah. adult themes. What kid what kid in the in their plant like on the face of the planet like you're watching RoboCop and you're like, this shit's tight. Yeah. Like, this is rules. Like even as a kid, but like what kid on the face of the planet's like, oh yeah, capitalism's bad. I'd be really worried if like a fucking yeah, seven year old yeah. like watching. No, that's what, saying, like, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Like, I, 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 that's what I was saying. Like, I love these movies as a kid just because they were like fun, right? And I because think that's were... why a lot of people love them. Yeah. Um, but there is, like I said, I, I, but there is so much more going on with both of these movies, right? Like there's just layers of subtext and just like, you can just like, just like I said, there's lines where he straight up says like, you know, like I said, you know, he's just like, like straight up criticized his capital, you know, Um, or like police or, you know, corporate power. And like, like I said, I think it's fucking amazing. I think like people need to learn more from this shit. Like I'm certainly like, I told you that like, watch. I mean, Honestly, watching, I don't, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but yeah, watching these movies was a revelation for me because it just made me, when I, you know, I'm, if, like, if, like, if I make my own stuff, then it's like, uh, you know, 
I want to make stuff that's fun, dude. I want to make stuff like this. I want to make stuff that, like, you know, sure, it can have a lot of subtext or whatever, but I just want to make stuff that's, like, ballsy and fun. And there, it just because it feels like there's nothing fun anymore, you know? Like, Pulp Fiction was, like, a fun movie, you know? Like, we, yeah. we'd seen all the gangster movies. We'd seen all the those shit. But, like, we've seen all that before. But, like, it, it, when he came out, you know, uh, the beginning, the dancing, like, it's all just, it's fun. And I think that's, like, such a huge, like, part of the theatrical or the movie experience that Hollywood is just completely ignoring. And if anything I would want to do, it would, if there's anything I want to do, it would be to, like, make fun stuff. You know, make stuff that's, like, fun. Right for people to watch. Yeah, ultimately that's what movies should be. They should be like fun. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, my my final thoughts are, you know, both of these movies pass the uh, the vibe checks. Right. Oh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think they're fun. They're, you know, like I said, the cardinal sin of a movie is being boring. Right, and that's yeah, something yeah. that, like, you know, these movies can be deeper, or they can be they can be as deep or as shallow as you want them to be. It leaves. You know what? It leaves room for the audience to make up its own damn mind. It doesn't preach to you. It doesn't, you know, it's not like, like there's no look at the camera, capitalism bad, like we're a leftist, this is a leftist movie or like, you know, yeah. like I said in the beginning of the podcast, like like men very much like looks in the camera and it's like, men, they're they're bad, right? It's like, okay, cool. But like, it's not fun. It's not like entertaining. And, and and that's that's the thing about both these movies is they're you know they're they're entertainment first and they're like you know they but they have yeah. themes right they they have deeper meanings that's what I'm saying is yeah. like you know the difference between uh, RoboCop and like like uh, you know I'll just use the same example because it was the last Marvel movie I saw mm. Winter Soldier is just like Winter Soldier is a movie that's like trying to be for or like it's like trying to to be for for adults right but it's like a kids movie right and then like robocop's a movie that kids can watch and enjoy because it's got mm-hmm. some awesome violence but at the same time it's got those deeper adult themes that that yeah that make like it said, that make it the adult movie and the, the violence too you know it's like yeah. same thing with, with total recall total recall is a movie that that has deeper themes if you want to you know and mm-hmm. and you can discuss like you can be very um what was it like you can be very like critical of, of total recall you know you could like yeah. you could like pick it apart and like dissect it all day long but also it's got a giant guy punching people and shooting it's it rules yeah yeah no yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's like like i said like it's like it's it's fun on multiple levels like it, it's like it's fun on a very base level but like it's also like i like again like i think the reason why these movies have such lasting power is because like I said, the deeper meanings and stuff, and yeah, it's yeah, I love these movies. Um, it's fucked up that we don't get good movies anymore, man. It's uh, it's really shitty because, like I said, everything now is so like drab and like uh, this is the even if it's like good, like some movies have good messages, but they're just so drab and dry in their storytelling, and like you know, like again, like unconvincing because they just only argue their side whereas with this like again like it it, 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 like purposely confuses you right it like purposely confuses you so that you really have to come up with your own meaning and idea for what this movie is about and i just i fucking love that like because again this is like 
<clears throat> this is not like a <clears throat> high art film, right? Like this is this is straight up a blockbuster. It's just like a big blockbuster. But we got all this from like a fucking Schwarzenegger movie. You know what I'm saying? Like at the height of his action powers. And like to think of like I don't know. Let me just think of like uh I don't know some big like yeah the Rock right like if the Rock. Ben Diesel, Jason Satham. Imagine them doing like a movie that was the funnest movie that you'd ever watch, but that like also had like very deep symbolic meaning, right? Like it would just yeah. like it, like again, I feel like it's either one or the other. Like there's the movies have a hard time marrying mar- the two, basically. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, <sighs> that was uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I, like um, I said, I'm really glad you liked that movie. That was a great, uh, great discussion. Yeah, it was great. Oh, you cut out for a second. Sorry. I said, do you want to talk about next week? Yes. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Well. I was just going to say next week we have a very special guest um, or, or this coming week, whatever. Uh, we have a very special guest. We have Vice Apologist from he's from the group chat, but he's also from the heist, the greatest heist movie poll on Twitter recently. Um, Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone what it? But yeah, he's going to be on the pod, and um, could, we wanted to have him on the pod just because the uh, heist thing had ju- has just ended. We want to get his thoughts on it. Um, yeah, he's a friend. We we were going to have him on anyway, but uh, yeah, it's it, it it's a really fun time because like yeah, I'm really interested to get like his thoughts on the process for that. But do you want to talk about what movies he has coming up? Yeah. So um, you know him him and I both are kind of winding reffin heads we, we both like nicholas yeah winding reffin as the director um but yeah he he's gonna live up to his name um and he's bringing us a double feature that only he can bring i feel which is uh yep. miami vice and and only god forgives yeah um super um, stoked to talk yeah. about both of these with you um i've seen both of these i think you've have you you've seen miami vice um well i've seen miami vice i love it i i uh i had an aunt who grew up recording the original show so i grew up with the original in my house um but yeah i i love miami vice i've seen it the the remake uh i think it's amazing i if anyone wants to go on my twitter i have some miami vice pose <laughs> i was vibing out to phil collins the other day uh but i actually have not seen only god forgives I'm I'm stoked. I'm so excited that we have that episode where uh, someone is going to um, yeah, that he did. Nicholas, like just a little backstory, you know, um, just to get you for the part. It's the movie that Winding Refn did um, right after Drive, and uh, it's critically panned. You know, yeah, give you a little little taste of flavor. I know Miami Vice gets a lot of uh, hate. Both of these movies, like the, I guess, like thematically, 
right? They're two of Vice Apologist's favorite movies. Um, you know, just putting thematically also they're both movies that have gotten more appreciation as time goes on. Um, they're very much like when they came out, people did not like either of these movies. So yeah. um, I'm excited to, uh, you know, discuss these two. Yeah, no, me too. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, everyone said uh, Only God Forgives wasn't so great. So I, you know, I was, I don't think I was watching a lot of movies at the time. So I kind of put it down below my list and never got around to it. But yeah, I'm stoked to talk about it. Um, yeah, Vice, uh, if you're listening, uh, you better bring your fucking A game in because, uh, you know, this is. This is like the main stage of 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 uh, I would say like we're the main event of Twitter podcasting at this point. We should be right. If you're not, yeah, plugging we're the in. only the only movie podcast that exists. The only two two men, you know, talking about movies. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, we're the only. Yeah, we should. You should tap in. You should be listening. Like, if you're not, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what your problem is, man. Like, <laughs> any fascist, right? You know, yeah, a lot of Nazis, yeah. I guess. You know who doesn't listen to this podcast? Fucking Nazis. So, you know, if you don't want to listen to this podcast, that's fine. That's your decision. But, you know, <laughs> be aware of what kind of person it makes you. I'm just saying, you know. You just, know the, <laughs> just know the political implications that, that are going yeah. on. Yeah. Just know, <laughs> like, come on, I'm Latino. Like, this is not good representation if you don't support me. Okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, exactly. But yeah, no, uh, Irish, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah uh, we're both not neurotypical, so not listening to our podcast is uh, asserting your neur- <laughs> your neurotypical privilege over us, and I resent that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Thanks. Every, you know, we love it. We love the podcast. Uh, you love the podcast. We love you. We love our fans. If you know, it, look like, I you know, if you're a fan, holler at us on Twitter. You know, let us know we're doing a good job. Otherwise, we're just talking into a, a the void. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Come, um, come let to us. Come join the group chat. Come be on the show. Join the group chat. You know, sometimes there's there's a couple arguments that happen on there. Join the group chats. It's a great yeah, people people get really emotional and argue, and um, it gets really weird sometimes. Everyone's sad. It's awesome. You should join. It's great. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you listen this far, thanks for listening. Yeah, um, thank you. You know, join the group chat if you want to recommend a double feature too. Even yeah. if you don't want to be on the pod, just hit us up. You know, we'll yeah. we'll shout you out. We'll we'll do a double feature for you. You know, so yeah, yeah, tell yeah. You. yeah. We're not yeah, asking for money, like I said. We don't have Patreon. We're not. We're literally doing this for the love of the game, man. We just, we just, live, we just want to talk with people about this. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, thanks, guys. Have a good one. See ya. <laughs>